Welcome everybody to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is episode 61 and I am joined as usual by my tag team partner in podcasting and that is Jeff. Jeff, I'm, are you, you know, usually when we open these shows, I ask you how you're doing, but I'm on fire this week. I'm, I'm red hot. Just like that table that Cody and Andrade uh, crashed into, that's how hot I am right now. Well, only and, Cody crashed into it. Well, Andrade's face got, uh, apparently no one's seen his face since uh, that, that incident, so I'm pretty sure his probably face is um, blistered all over the place. But that's neither here nor there. You know, I want to talk about this. This Everybody's raving about how, oh, this reminds me of old ECW, and this is great, and... You know, look at the ratings. We'll get into the ratings in a few minutes and the rest of the, the usual intro. But I want to start off with a rant. And Good. I want to rant about this. This okay. match that everybody said, oh, it's a great match. It's a great match. Great ending. You know, uh, very surprising. If you didn't know already, Dynamite ends this past week with Andrade versus Cody Rhodes. And for some reason, there's, you know, Andrade's hitting him with, a, what was it, a laptop? And then it was an Atlanta street fight because of reasons. I'm not really sure how it escalated between these two to be a, a street fight. I guess this was sort of thrown together when they realized Phoenix for the 50,000th time in two years had travel issues. Well, I'll, I have my suspicions as to why this was the main event, why Cody was involved in it and all, and, and all of it. And so, um, the idea of putting this match together and it finishes with Cody Rhodes putting Andrade through a flaming table, right? Brandy runs in. She, the table is set up. Cody's going to superplex Andrade into the table, but Brandy wearing uh, a, what is it? A black hoodie, a robe, whatever she was wearing. She looked like she was trying to become a ninja and she's like in the ring and she's put dousing lighter fluid, a little too much lighter fluid, if you ask me, but you know, Cody Rhodes can his back can attest to this and probably Andrade's face because nobody again has seen him since this incident. So she douses the table with with lighter fluid and then lights the sucker up and then Cody puts him through the table and then he goes for the pin. This should be the finish, right? Mm -hmm. But Cody pins him and he gets a one two three. My first issue is Andrade's kicking and screaming. It's not a regular pin. He didn't knock him the fuck out, which is what a pin is supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. Andrade's kicking, screaming. He's on fire. They're both on fucking fire. Literally. Like, there's, like, Cody's shoulder, if you watch the replay, his shoulder's still on fire. These two idiots, because they, they I don't know what got into them about doing this, but I, again, I got my suspicions. And so you have them, you have Cody pin him, the guy's practically kicking in pain. It's a kick out. But but he's but they they put it over as a pin. Okay, whatever. Hey, great it, it, match. It wasn't, the, it wasn't the first time that night, last night, that there were shoulders not down that still counted as a three count. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, it's AEW. This is what usually happens on Wednesday nights. So the thi besides the the finish, that that finish. And people say, you know what? It was done because Andrade looks looks strong. He had to go through the table to be put out. That's nonsense. Cody Rhodes needs to put Andrade through a flaming table to finish him? 
Cody, what what is Cody Rhodes doing here? Cody Rhodes has washed and beat Malachi Black. He has now washed and beat Andrade. We've had arguments, disagreements at times, you and I, on this podcast previously about are they doing better or are they doing worse since being released or leaving WWE? And I've been very vocal and critical about how Andrade has not really done better. He's done worse. And Malachi, maybe about a push, maybe a little bit better. I'm on the fence still. But last night's doing Andrade, absolutely no favors. He puts his face through the fucking flame of, a, of, of this table. This is ridiculous. You don't need to fucking do this thing. No wonder Charlotte left his ass. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> I, I don't understand this, Jeff. And so can you help me explain before I get to my next point about why I think this was booked in the fashion that it was booked? What you, were your thoughts on this match? The finish, the, the flaming table, was it necessary? Well, I, I'll, I'll sort of repeat because it gets to the beginning as to my original thought was, I, I don't understand why these two were having this street fight. I mean, if anything, Malachi and Cody maybe could have that justifiably, but it never got to the point with Andrade where it seemed to be that level of, of personal. Um, also, when they were coming into the, the ring, I'm like, what the hell is on Cody's back? I mean, I thought he had a sunburn because his skin was peeling all over the place. Obviously, it was it was fire retardant. Obviously, they sprayed themselves with fire retardants. I saw some of it on Andrade's chest too, like he had like he had blisters. But I just thought some of Cody's dead skin stuck to him. You know, they oil yeah. up or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, it became clear later that it was fire retardant. Uh, it also starts with Cody's obnoxious entry. Malika, I'm sorry, Andrade comes dressed to a street fight, like in a waiter's outfit. Um, Arn Anderson comes out with Cody and falls off the stage, which I mean, oh, that's I shouldn't a- laugh because he's 66 and that's a four or five foot fall and that can be dangerous and and that's not supposed to happen but this is the second time in like four weeks he's fallen and, and I, I have to wonder if he's having equilibrium issues. Um, nevertheless, I, I, I can't explain to you why this match happened, but to make matters worse, the finishing move was missed or botched or something. Andrade didn't go through the table. Cody went through the table. So Cody yeah. and put himself through the table. And yes, while while Andrade is is writhing in pain and Cody still had some flame on him. I mean it was quick it was quick burn. It was like basically I guess liquid flash paper that was on them. Um yeah. so I mean I I assume that still hurts, but obviously not enough that just to prevent wrestlers from being able to do it i think i don't really know i never worked for ecw or gcw or czw um so i i couldn't really tell you i guess we will find out soon um but yeah and then cody climbed on him and got got the three count and now i'm in your on your side of the tally because i had andrade as a push that he was basically doing the same for the first six months he wrestled four matches and if he's getting paid full-time money. Hey, good on him. That's easy, the best work you can have. Now he's been on TV more and he's been in, in bigger matches in a, in a theoretically bigger story. He was with house of black. Then they instantly put FTR into it, which made it weird, but it was still sort of, uh, up, you know, a upper mid card story. Um, but 
he's basically lost all the matches. Um, so, and he also lost this one. And Cody doesn't need these wins. Co- Cody's constantly filming shows. The Go Big Show is is coming on again. Roads yep. to the Top was just renewed for for its second season. So, I I mean, I really don't understand how Cody is so self-aware and unself-aware at the same time. I mean, he knows people are booing him. He knows they don't like him. He even pulled out a ball-peen hammer from underneath to do the Triple H thing. Then he pulled out the golden shovel. He's doing this shit on purpose. He's like the biggest troll there is, but then he still takes the win. So it's like all the criticism, all things he's making fun of and mocking, he does. And and it's like, it's funny because um, John Draper from Break the Apocalypse posted something like i hope that you have someone in your life that loves you as much as cody loves blading for no reason and it's something like that i'm just whatever he said that he worded better more funny than i did but i said sure. and being jeff jarrett <laughs> and he said today <laughs> because he's not even good enough to be triple h he's he's jeff jarrett he just wants it's like he just wants the, he, he, it's like he wants the hate but he also wants people to know that he knows he wants the hate it, it the whole thing was well, stupid. No, I can't explain it to you. Andrade should have won this match for it to have been justified at all. I agree with you. I think Andrade should have gotten the W here, but I think they booked this match. I think Tony Khan booked this match. We know for a reason. He booked it for a reason, and this is my explanation. Okay. We know that Tony is very aware of the arenas the cities the states that he is in right so in recent past you've got daniel bryan going heel you've got him trashing colt cabana last week in chicago this week alan angel is from georgia he's beating up so it's cheap heat for for danielson i in in my heart of hearts believe that he knew that Cody, for the last few months, has been getting booed. He's not genuinely trying to be heel or work heel. You don't see him do dastardly shit in the ring. He's trying to be the face. And he still gets booed. And I think that Tony said, you know what? Let's put him up against Andrade in Georgia. And let's have him light a Mexican on fire. Oh, come on. <laughs> he lit himself on fire. I mean, oh. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to say about any of this. Um, <laughs> this was weird. I mean, going back to I think that Andrade should have won. It's not just I think Andrade should have won. It's that... Black lost the last match against Cody. So yeah. if this is to continue it to make any sense, Black needs to win. And FTR lost the, the last match to the Lucha Brothers, the last two matches, actually. And they're they're somehow going to have a third, but of course, Penn, uh, Phoenix can't get into town. So, you know, that match, I guess, was taped last night. It'll show tomorrow night with Penta and Pac, who's sporting an eye patch, um, which they're saying is from the, the Black Mist. I don't know if it's a work or if he's really got... So, uh, you know uh, something wrong with his eye a combination of both those but it's it's not the lucha brothers versus ftr any longer it's penta and pack against ftr 
which is a different dynamic and not nearly as interesting on an already flailing dynamite, uh, not dynamite, rampage brand, um, which, you know, didn't and they're so well struggling. Probably. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into ratings a little bit later, but the, they did worse, and everybody was predicting that because it's it's Friday of Thanksgiving. Oh, please, there, there's Smackdown always excuses. Worse. Smack, like, Smack thank you, better. thank you. There's always excuses here now with this uh, AEW ratings nonsense. But we're, gonna, like you said, wait, we're, we're gonna I, get. I was, I was ready to believe it when everybody knew that the WWE's average audience age was like my age, like fifty five or whatever. And everyone thought that the average AW age was like 23. But when it came out that the average AW viewer age was like 47, I don't think that the 47-year-olds are going out to party at 10 o'clock in large numbers compared to the 53-year-olds. I mean, it's basically the same shit. I I, I completely agree with you. I don't think that they're going anywhere. They're just watching other things or sleeping. If anything, the 53-year-olds are more likely to have kids that don't need babysitters or are away at college, and you can go out and go to Studio 54 and do coke and swing all night if you want. <laughs> Studio 54. That's what going I back to Going back to my thing, obviously I'm being facetious, but, you know, I, I'm i playing into Georgia being, you know, uh, the fourth. I know what you were saying. Like, like, the like KKK, Jim Crow, yes. Georgia. Yes, exactly. I, so, okay, I don't want to play into your thing. But that was the widest sports arena I've seen in Atlanta, you know, since I went to college in Atlanta, which was the late 80s. I, you know what? I On TV, I've always noticed this. And again, I, it's part tongue in cheek, but part I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it's it's real to me. Right. This is why I don't watch AEW anymore is because they're one, they, their lack of diversity in their talent uh, who mix and. In, in the top level of stars and, you know... Or the middle the, or the bottom. And the other thing is, well, it depends where you th- consider the bottom. The bottom of Dynamite or the bottom of Dark and then there's, you know... The bottom there's, period, there's a difference uh, there. uh, other than Jade Cargill, and, and we can, it doesn't matter. It's and we'll, 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 get, we'll, I, we'll get into that a little bit deeper when we talk about Swole and her, her release. By the way, I do uh, want to say, like... I, I am well aware of my privilege and my, you know, and, and what I am. Sure. I did not arrive at that, this conclusion on my own. I was reading black Twitter and they were saying it. And then also I'm like, holy shit, they're right. But this has always been a thing, like with AEW fans and AEW. Like, it doesn't matter where they go. I'm a white guy. So it this doesn't is occur true. to me necessarily. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I spoke to two people that um, were in the arena yesterday because they reside in Atlanta and they're big AEW fans. I mean, uh, I, look for, and, I look for two things. I look to see if the people are fatter than me and have big hairy beards like I expect them to, and they usually do. And I want to see if the ratio is anything less than one woman to every 75 guys, and it usually isn't. <laughs> not, usually especially not when you're watching AEW. Well, that's what I'm so, talking about, AEW. I mean, WWE oh, yeah. has, has, you know, has pretty mixed grounds. Yeah, and and some families, you know, a lot more families than AEW. So I I you know I bring it up jokingly, but you know I it's just uh, I don't know I we'll we'll keep talking about when it comes to Swole and and this release thing. Going back to the Arn Anderson thing, though, (laughs) here's another thing. I'm starting to think that Arn Anderson is just too busy and chasing the hug and wanting the spotlight for one last time, just similar to Ric Flair is, right? You got Ric Flair running around 
saying, I want another match with Sammy. Let's Sammy Guevara. Let's go. Woo. And, and, like, this is Arn Anderson doing the same thing, except not as extravagant. He's always wanting to do something and get in the mix. He's, he's pointing uh, finger guns at people. And the, and this is, what is this? The the second time in three months that he's fallen off uh, some, some enough, platform? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Arn, like Arn, is doing it in a workmanlike way. I mean, he's always sort of consistently been working and wrestling and sort of, you know, in sort of that journeyman, workman, work rate kind of way where Flair's always tried to be like, you know, sort of the attraction. And so it's the same. They're, they're, they're the same, just, just in, you know, assisted living. But, but Arn Anderson needs to sit the fuck down. Like, nobody asked you to get into a fight. Like, hey, man, like, uh, this is what the Dark Order dummies are there for. Like, don't, don't... remember he punched out that guy, Jose Aprajando, or whatever his name is, Jose the assistant. Jose comes running down the middle of this match. The, guy, the guy's built. It's like Ned Flanders. It's like, it's like <laughs> Ned Flanders. <laughs> he comes down, the, guy, he, the guy's got like pecs, he's got traps, he's got shoulders, he's got muscles, the guy's built. It's like, and then they're treated, and, and like 66 year old Arn Anderson, don't have him run out shirtless if he looks like, uh, who is, who is the ground, groundskeeper Willie when he takes off a shirt to the Incredible <laughs> Hulk? Don't do that. It was like a Simpsons gag. I mean, keep his shirt on so we can at least believe he's, he's, you know, the, he's someone that you can mess up with. You know, I mean, I, I saw that guy and I'm like, he's, he's, bigger than two-thirds of the roster oh my god you're absolutely right but i i i I just don't think he can stay out of the spotlight i think he goes into you want to know the the definition of going into business for yourself it's arn anderson in these two spots he's got no business going around the apron sit your fucking ass down old man what are you doing same thing with this i don't this fucking thing I don't know what he is business doing. I don't know if that was in the script and he just fell. I mean, I mean, as if I was his kid, Brock Anderson, I'd tell him he has no business doing it. If I if I was his wife, if he has a wife, I would tell him not to do it. If I was his loved one, I'd do it. If Cody was really his friend, if Tony Khan was really his friend, I'd say maybe you should stop. You know, maybe we can put you into a skybox. And you can be coaching there, like you know, uh, like some of the NFL coaches did from Skybox, the offensive coordinator, or whatever, calls plays from up there, and you know, have those clever little camera shots or whatever, whatever it is. I, I don't know if he's going into business for himself or not. I mean, I hate to laugh about it, but I, I, I mean, I can't help myself. I'm an awful person. It's, it's a funny visual. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is funny, but it's just like. What are you doing out there? You shouldn't even be out there, man. Like, stop. How how can, how can, I've said this before on previous episodes too. How can you come around being hard? Hey, look at my finger Glock. And talking about how you're going to, you're going to carjack people. Meanwhile, my man, you can't even stand up straight. You can't oh, even no. stay on the ramp. Well, it didn't even lead to anything. They're still together. It didn't lead to any schism. I mean, there's just too many people standing around doing nothing. There's Jose, the assistant. There's. Aprijandos, the translator, when we don't need a translator. There's Vicky Guerrero, who does nothing except make noise. At least Chavo is gone, but he'll probably pack back up or pop back up again. We have Mark Sterling, who nobody needs smart Mark Sterling. We have Matt Hardy, who's all he does is ruin things. Um, Taz, Hook. I knew you were going to say Taz. At this point. I mean, you you have people doing things that they don't need to do. Listen, and by the way, Tass Tass is good on commentary. Let him stay on commentary, and then he doesn't have to like remember he's a heel. He can just he could just be whatever he wants on commentary. Um, but you 
there's just like too many people floating around and Arn's one of them. Tully at least seems to play a practical role in it. Um, you know, knows his role and adds something, adds something to the whatever counts as psychology and wrestling. I know people like to say storytelling psychology. Okay, you got good guys, you got bad guys, you got chicken shits, you got, you know, I mean, it's not exactly way past, you know, day two in Psych 101, but nevertheless, Tully at least, you know, knows his role in wrestling and plays it well and, and seems spry enough to do it. Um, Agreed. I mean, he was he looked good in that match that he was in. What was it? Almost a year ago. Yeah. I mean, he's he's good. He's just he Brandon. again. No, no, know your role. Know your role, and just stay out of the way. And I don't think Arn knows his role. Anyways, guys, it's been twenty minutes. Welcome again to the Hammerlock Hangover. We are glad to have you here. Um, we want to shout out our our usual network, the plethora of networks that we are on. We are on the Pro Wrestling Coalition, the Wrestling Soup Podcast Network, and the Atmark Media Group. Thank you all. If you are listening on any of them, please, 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 thank you, thank you, thank you. And make sure you subscribe to Hammerlock Hangover wherever you are listening to us. Um, Jeff. Get smarter, people, because there are things that we posted six months ago and a year ago, and they have all come true. That's right. Almost all. Almost all. Including our our skepticism about the forbidden door, we're gonna get into that. What else are we gonna get into, uh, Jeff? We're gonna talk about AEW ratings, Moxley running into Vince McMahon, the Bucks contract. We're gonna talk about Monday Night Raw. You were very vocal on Twitter about Monday Night Raw. You said you didn't get it. I loved it. We're gonna have a discussion about it. Um, uh, we're going to talk about how JD from New York, the other wrestling podcaster, doesn't understand how open challenges work. I've got a theory on the skits with theory. Um, Edge and Miz promos. Are they uh, copycatting Miz and... Uh, not Sorry. Edge and Miz, are they copycatting CM Punk news. and uh, MJF? We'll, we'll get Harry. into that. Yeah, we'll get into Hanukkah, Harry. <laughs> we'll get into that. Some NXT War Games predictions. And then we'll talk about uh, wrestling news, including uh, some Wrestle Kingdom stuff uh, and what Freddie Prinze Jr. wants to do uh, as it relates to the wrestling industry. Call me FPJ. You want him to call you to put you in the new Scooby-Doo movie, right? Yeah, you know the con means king. Freddie Prince, we have a, like a royalty thing going on here. Royalty. There you go. No, no, no. We'll we'll work for food, Freddie. I, I'm with you. There's a lot of talent out there. We can make the perfect promotion. You know, you're the one guy that everybody uh, shits on uh, um, wrestlers that are sidelined or haven't been on, used the guys that before they get released, that they just hang out in catering. You're just volunteering to say, Hey, I'll work for free just to hang out at catering. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I love catering. Um, yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I will not call it catering. I will call it the buffet. Um, but, uh, they're going to have to limit you. They might just like they do at golden corral. They, they might indeed. Yeah, my my face is up there. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to wear like the Hamburglar outfit. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, um, but yeah, Freddie Prince, you want to start a promotion? I'm totally with you. I agree. I will will work for food. I'll work for minimum wage if you think that that's going to violate some labor laws. 
we I'm with you, brother. We we will we we can make it happen. No issue. Very good. I hope you're listening, Freddie Prinz. And if anybody that knows Freddie Prinz, please make sure you get uh, Jeff's uh, message to him ASAP. Um, let's go back into AEW Dynamite and Rampage and these ratings. Jeff, what? Wait, I want to start at the beginning of AEW okay. Dynamite. Because they started with a fumble, a complete unforced error. So we've got this whole thing where... You know, it's promoted. Hangman Page is coming to commentary. The opening matches is Brian Danielson versus Alan Angels. Another 10 or 11 minute match. Didn't need to be 10 or 11 minutes. It should have been three and a half minutes where Daniel just, Brian just savaged him. I mean, he got a little heelish at the end and held, you know, I was talking about snapping the MCL, but it, it, I mean, I know everyone's making a big deal about it, but it wasn't as effective as it could have been. That's not the point. The point is is that the whole thing was that Tony Khan had set forth an edict that Hangman Page could not touch Brian Danielson prior to their match at Winter is Coming. That was not mentioned until the middle of the match, and then again, Brian said it in his promo after the match. That needed to be said right at the beginning that you know right after it's wednesday night and you know what that means we're starting off with a barn burner the the champ is going to be here on commentary and before this the action starts we have to tell you that tony khan laid down the law he said that adam page cannot interfere cannot touch there can be no physical contact between adam page and brian danielson um and they didn't do that and that was and so they went and happened and they said he can't touch him I'm like, what? So when, the, when, when, you know, you can beat up his friends, you can do whatever you want. You can kick them in the head. You can say, but you can't say coward shit. That that's a bridge too far where the, uh, the singing cowboy who gets mad. And, and by the way, you're so mad, you're going to get into a fight that you have to give up one of your hands to hold the belt. Uh, you know, because <laughs> God forbid you, you fight with two hands, um, you know, and, and then they bring up that the, they can't touch, uh, which was, you know, it was just a bad s- setup. Um, do you think? Do you think that that was missed because Jr. is missing? I would like. I mean, okay, maybe. No, but I don't think so. I mean, this, this is not the first time <laughs> they've sort of forgot about details. And by the way, I'm not sure it's entirely their fault because I don't know what their taping order is. For all I know, they've been taping Dark and Dark Elevation for an hour and a half already and doing commentary and switching in and out of personnel. And, and you know, in the flow of that, you can sort of forget where it is. Somebody in direction and production is supposed to say, okay, this is Dynamite, this is the match, don't forget to set this up. I mean, there's supposed to be a director, a producer saying that. So, no, I'm not going to I mean, that's I the... Mean, sorry to interrupt you, but that's the purpose of Gorilla, right? Like, they're... Yes, there's the yeah. producer that is in the ear of the announcers, right? So yeah, but Jr. I mean, I think what you were saying is Jr. may have remembered that on his own, but it's still the producer's job to say it to Excalibur or Tony or whoever the lead announcer is there. I mean, it's somebody's job to to produce. Um, and then we have another Punk match, which is eleven mat- minutes where he's struggling with. Lee Moriarty, Lee Moriarty, but no, no disrespect to Lee Moriarty, but his purpose in AEW right now is not to be a young up-and-comer star. And 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 I know their whole thing is that everything is competitive. Every every match is competitive every given Sunday. But the, the audience is onto that formula, and they're not interested in it. 
They don't want to see CM Punk struggling against the likes of Bobby Fish and Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia and 2.0. And frankly, I don't think they want to see Daniel Bryan having 12-minute matches with Colt Cabana and Alan Angels and Evil Uno. I, I think they want to see him doing four or five matches and, and brutalizing them. Yes, agreed. So I, I, I completely agree with you here. And, yeah, this was, can... and this was the best half hour of the show, by the way, that, I, that I'm complaining about right now. <laughs> oh, no, we're going we're gonna to go on a ride here. I mean, we already talked about the last half hour of the show, which, by the way, I mean, that that match itself, even though it didn't make sense to me, it was good, but the end was like like the exploding death match. Like, they go for these big finishes for n- no real apparent reason. Like, it didn't draw any more eyes. It didn't sell any more tickets because I don't know that anyone knew it was coming. They just do it for no reason, then they do it poorly. So a good match, all you remember is that ridiculous ending. Yeah, and I, I, th- I, that's what I think is the purpose of it, right? Was the the flaming table was the rating stunt, or to get something popping on social media, right? Yeah, to say, you okay, YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, but if I'm TNT, I'm pissed because it's like, what? How? How? Why? You didn't even say ahead of time that it was going to be like again this bullshit Atlanta street fight. Now it was on the card as a regular match, but they maybe just because have a Minneapolis street fight like a week ago, they did two yeah like two three weeks ago they there was a Minneapolis street fight. I mean, I guess every city in town has streets. But they okay. do, and next week there's going to be a Long Island street fight, and then the week after that it's going to be a, a Orlando street fight. Who knows? At some point, one of the commentators said, "Finally, they're back in the ring." It's a street fight. Why the hell should they be back in the ring? They should actually be running out into the street. They should be fighting in the alley and in the parking lot. I, well, remember I asked you jokingly, like, what's the difference between a Minneapolis street fight and a regular street fight? And it was just, yeah, uh, we, we said we said it was going to be Prince. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, the people are more polite in Minneapolis. <laughs> That's right. Ooh, pa- pardon us for interrupting your fight, your, your skirmish. Um, yeah. Shout out to the skirmish on, on PWC, by the way. Another great show yesterday. Good job, guys. Very good. Very good. I like you guys. I like the mix of uh, you guys. Yeah. Well, they didn't have me on last night, so it was probably a better show. <laughs> it was a shorter show, too, probably. Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I cannot be overexposed. I can't be on every show every week. <laughs> you can't, yeah, it's not good for anybody, including me. You got to protect your brand. I mean, there's only so many takes I have on wrestling. So, I mean, nobody needs to hear them four times a week. You should just uh, psych everybody out and on, on every sh- different show that you're on. Just um, give a different take. Yeah, and I then, should. And, and see if people, like, call you on your bullshit. Like, be like, well, Jeff, well, I heard you Jimmy. on. Jimmy did that. On the show he was on with me, and then four days later he was on a different show with me, and he took the exact opposite take, something that he was arguing with me about. He took my position on the other show. I'm like, I'm like, you said the exact opposite with me four days ago. He's like, he's like, well, you convinced me. I thought about it. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Oh my god. That's funny. Yeah. Jeff, what what about these ratings, man? We got uh, these last week. It's Thanksgiving. Oh, you know, dynamite ratings uh, in the eight hundreds. 898 uh, and and rampage was uh below five uh rampage was 431 it dropped by a hundred and twenty five thousand dynamite 
898, which dropped about 39,000, I believe, if, if I remember correctly. But Rampage is a significant drop. Rampage is Friday night. Dynamite was Wednesday night. So yeah, but Thanksgiving was the was the big thing. Now, I know where you're going to go next because you should. This SmackDown also on the Friday night after Thanksgiving went up 90,000 to 2.149 with nothing really special advertised on the card uh, that, that I recall anyway. Yeah, no, there wasn't really anything. In fact, this week is what they're really advertising, and that's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and it wasn't really a particularly good SmackDown. It wasn't bad. It just, it, you know, it was just average. Uh, anyway, the but Dynamite this week, because you know, last week we did the show a day early. Dynamite this week went down to eight sixty one, dropped thirty seven thousand. So there's no Thanksgiving excuse. There's no holiday excuse. There was no NBA playoff on. There was no NHL game. I think there was like a college basketball game on somewhere. Some you know i mean i made a joke like oh well the real housewives of santa fe must have debuted last night or 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 it must have been just a hawkeye dropped on on the <laughs> streaming service I mean, but i mean this listen it's not all doom and gloom i i know that the tnt was happy when they were doing in the seven so there's no reason why they wouldn't be happy when they're going in the eight but it's going down and they've added payroll now they're building to winter is coming that's going to be a pay-per-view like card so i presume that that will explode after the end of the year they move to tbs and they'll no longer have that uh west coast delay there'll there'll be no preemptions for nhl or nba when people settle in and remember it's tbs the theory goes that it's going to go back up again but I don't know. I mean, this this show has flowed and ebbed, and it flows a little bit, then it ebbs back. And you know, when when the Wednesday Night Wars ended on this show, we I know me for sure. I'm not sure if you said it or not, but we as a show said that we thought that this would hurt both shows. That they would end up, they would either net lose uh, viewers, or they would end up exactly where they were before. Uh, because it's the same people watching and you know if yeah. they want to watch both they'll just they were dvr before they'll dvr again and here we are about six or seven months removed and we are exactly where we were before uh dynamite you know sort of playing around in the eights and nines occasionally flirting with a million and nxt in the the sixes jeff what are your thoughts on you know there's a lot of aw stands online that will come they they ignore the fact that these week to week numbers are flatlining, and their height of dynamite was in the summer, right around uh, July, after around I think Fighter Fest it was. The, the height, the height of fun. the height of Rampage was in August when CM Punk debuted for Rampage, and then they've that thing is sinking faster than the stock market. Uh, yeah, we had three big spikes within the last <clears throat> calendar year or so. Uh, Sting Shack debut, um, which was a bump. And then afterwards they gave back half of that audience, which it was like a 300,000 bump. And then like it dropped 150, which says either people weren't so excited by Sting or 150,000 people tuned in to watch Shaq. 
yep. that that I recall that. Yeah, that ebbed back again. And then the Wednesday Night Wars ended. So then AEW bumped back up again, and that lasted a little bit longer, but then ebbed back. And then they added CM Punk, and that instantly added 150,000. And they've been slowly giving that back to, um, you know, I don't think Adam Cole adds anything because he didn't add anything to Ring of Honor. He didn't add anything to NXT. That's not to say he's not talented. That's not to say that people don't enjoy his work. He just doesn't bring new eyeballs in. I'm a little bit surprised about Daniel Bryan. I mean, this seems to be tied more directly to Punk. I guess there's really no absolute way to quantify it. It's just just a feeling that I have. Um, But either way... No, I want to say that there is a way to quantify. When you go look at the quarter-by-quarter breakdowns, you... Let's take last week's, for instance. Hmm? Last week's quarter-by-quarter, they start the show hot with that MJF and CM Punk promo that lasts into the second quarter. Yep. The first quarter, you had people tuning in, and I think, and I don't know if you have the quarter-by-quarters, but it started off with like a a 900,000 viewer mark. And after that's over... In, well into the se- five minutes into the second quarter, they lose a hundred to one hundred and twenty thousand viewers, and they don't get them back. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and I don't have the quarter by quarters, but you're looking at the the Brandon Thurston um, spreadsheet. WrestleNomics. And, 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 yep. You know, yeah. The, the WrestleNomics, and you can you can look them up. Look them up yourself on WrestleNomics. Uh, you can. Uh, they're on Twitter. They got a YouTube. Highly recommend. Um, I listen. That's that's factual. That yeah. doesn't happen when Daniel Bryan opens the show. It didn't happen last night, or maybe it did. I don't know, but I really don't think that Hangman and Adam and 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 Daniel Bryan are bringing in punk numbers. Hangman's a zero. He, he's such I mean, a zero. He is he is he is negative presence. There's a lot of people saying that after the fact. Like yeah, but I was saying s- it before the fact. You absolutely were. You on this show were saying that. Heading into um, full gear, was it, full gear was the last uh, pay per view, right? I, I was where saying a month before that if this is where they're going, it's a huge mistake. And I was saying that Big E is a huge mistake too. And I and I stand by those things, but it's even more so with Adam Page because Big E, if he just tweaks a couple things, he he like it's there, it's there in him. Hangman and I like Hangman Page as a mid carter. He's he's not he's not a he's not a standard bearer. I like him as the universal champion. As the, I'm sorry, as the U.S. champion, as the mid card champion. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that they should have given him a nice, healthy. T- he should be the TNT champion right now instead of Sammy Guevara, who's really. I mean, he had. I mean, listen, his match with Jay, Jay Lethal was great, um, but I mean, now it's Tony Nese. Fuck cares, Tony Nese. Let me. Um, I'll bring that up in uh, when we get into RAW because uh, there's a there's a misconception about what an open challenge means. Um, Jeff, you said you you got you had unique thoughts about Meltzer's, uh, I guess, um, not uh, defending of the ratings. You know, it's always some sort of uh, an excuse coming from Meltzer and uh, his other buddy. What's the buddy's name? Brian oh, Alvarez. Alvarez. Yeah. I mean, Meltzer, if he just didn't have the last sentence, it, it would have actually been a news report. But he had to add that 
Well, it looks like they were still number three in cable overall, so it just seems like people weren't watching TV. Leave that out. That it just sounds so stupid. Um, now Brian Alvarez, what he put out there was like double stupid and too too cute by half. But what he said, and I'm going to call this the QAcon, but it's his QAcon. What he reported was that he has heard that some WWE employees. So he didn't say who he heard it from. And that whoever reported it has reported to him that some WWE employees, unnamed, not that they're the direct source to him, no titles. You know, we don't know what the title is. We don't know if it's vice president in charge of talent or if it's head chef at catering, head chef at catering, or someone who drives the production truck, like literally the CDL <laughs> driver. Um, anyway. <laughs> That some employees at WWE thinks that Tony Khan is buying tickets to inflate the sales numbers for AW shows, which, I mean, by the way, WWE buys and comps thousands, tens of thousands of tickets a year. Everybody does. I'm sure AW does too. I, I mean, so the inference, even though he didn't clarify, the inference is that they're saying, you know, if they sell 5,000 tickets, he buys 3,000 more to make it 8,000. Um, you know, whether he gives the tickets away or fills them with uh, Potemkin Village cutouts or whatever, I, I you know, I, I, I have no idea. But this is his theory, and he reports this, like, sort of as news, but he's got enough, he's got, like, like five levels of distance between himself and this made up bullshit nonsense that it's not sourced and they just they just hide behind this we're not journalists but when you want to be taken seriously you say well we've only been doing this for 40 years and dave's only been doing this for 55 years well, well what are you saying then you're saying you're credible and when you're saying you're credible you're basically saying you're a journalist i mean i know there's no journalism degree for wrestling journalists um it's this is why I this is why I take all of this with a grain of salt. Like this is all like when you watch Fox News or MSNBC, it's not the news news. It's like 15 minutes worth of news. And the 24-hour news cycle that is MSNBC, uh, CNN, uh Fox News, insert whatever channel you you watch for for quote unquote news, it's an hour's worth of news and everything is a talking head telling you their opinion on it. And this is exactly what that boils down to. It's Meltzer's uh, opinion on, on what's going on. Some of it, I think very skewed, very, you know, it's a not unbiased. It's very biased in my opinion. Huh. Same thing in with Alvarez. Chris Cuomo had to be removed because he was, you know, it's come out to the extent he was helping his brother, the governor of New York. <laughs> I mean, listen, that, that's the, what what's going on to Fox, CNN, and MSNBC is worse. It's more important than anything that happens in wrestling. That said, correct. This is, I mean, the the figure four online or whatever they want to, whatever brand you want to call them on, mm -hmm. it is the closest thing that we have to the New York Times or old CBS News or it's old news. It's legacy news for wrestling. Take that as you will, but it's not. It's not but it's not the not. times. It's it's the post. It's <laughs> it's borderline post slash National Enquirer. Yeah, I, I would say that that 
that is entirely fair. Um, not quite onion, but yeah, uh, it's all, yeah. it's all, it's onion light. Yeah, right. news it, is it, 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 it's like an American tabloid. It's not quite British tabloid, but it's American tabloid. Yes, kayfabe uh, news is uh, is is the, the onion. onion. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's move on to talk about. I mean, again, if there's nothing else dynamite related, we'll talk about other AEW news and notes. There's only one um, thing dynamite related, and that is that the internet, as usual, said. Great show, great show, what a great show. And and I said, the internet is going to pretend that tonight's show was great. It wasn't. And sure enough, it, it, it's their lowest viewership since since May. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Moxley. We haven't talked okay. about Moxley in a while. Um, That's true. You know, I'd like to say that I miss him, but I don't. I thought you um, were in rehab. You weren't talking about him so long. I know, I know. I was, I was getting uh, the shakes because I haven't mentioned him in a long time. But um, after we released our last episode, uh, news came out that Moxley ran into Vince McMahon at a hotel recently. And these are Moxley's words himself. He said, I'm paraphrasing, don't quote me. But he said, you know, I ran into, <laughs> I ran into Vince McMahon outside a hotel that we were both staying at. And I spoke to him for about an hour. It was the best conversation I've had with him. This took place after I just made uh, sweet love to Renee. And I was walking to the ice box to get more ice. So what are your thoughts on uh, Moxley just casually running into Vince McMahon cuz I've got my own conspiracy theory on this. Okay. What are your thoughts? I think it's a nice little story. I mean, listen, he doesn't work for him anymore. I'm sure it's a more casual conversation. I I've always said whoever's asked me that that I believe that this is one of those cases where it was best for both parties to separate. Maybe not forever. Moxley's contract is probably coming up as well. I mean, he, I don't know if he signed this, the, you know, I mean, obviously he signed later than the other guy. So his three year contract probably won't be up for another six months or so, but that's nothing in, in, in terms of wrestling time. And I don't know if he signed a two year contract that's coming up sooner. Anyway, whatever. It's good. They, they talked, they had a nice conversation. They could talk man to man. They're not, it's not unequal leverage. Lots of people say on a personal level, they like Vince, just on a business level. I mean, you know, a lot of them go through great lengths to blame everyone but Vince, which is silly. But, you know, they know who's going to hire them in the end. And they know who's still, I mean, whatever Nick Khan is doing, I mean, depending on who you believe, he'll, he'll be there forever because he's making them tons and tons of money. I happen to agree with them. But, you know, Vince is going to be there. Anyway, what's the difference? Two two guys, two alpha males talking, having a conversation, shooting the shit. Good. I think it's nice. It's, alpha it's a nice story. Well, what I want to know I, is if Mock if this happened before Moxley went into rehab, or that he's out of rehab and he's successfully been discharged. That's all I care about. I honestly think that it probably happened before he went into rehab because it sounds like he said it when he was drunk. I mean, this is ridiculous. He's got to be fucking. Let's. Let, this is exactly what you said, Jeff. It's a story. Don't. I don't believe for a second that. Oh, I. I just jumped Renee's bones and then I went out for a walk in the hallway to go get some ice and I ran into my old boss. That's bullshit. 
Nobody does that, Jeff. Nobody. And you know what? This is the real story. You want a Hammerlock Hangover exclusive right now? You're going to get one. Nice. I'm telling you right now that Moxley, I've told you this once before in these shows. I know the type of guy that Moxley is. Mm -hmm. You do? Moxley stood outside Vince McMahon's hotel room. He was stalking Vince McMahon. This guy wants to come back. He's sick of AEW. He sees where the ratings are going. He knows that this is a sinking ship. The Titanic's about to 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 sink and break apart. And this guy wants to be saved just like uh, Kate Winslet uh, uh, going uh, uh, to be saved off the Titanic. This is what he wants to do. So he's stalking Vince outside his hotel room. And, and the, the conversation probably went something like this. Hey, Vince, can you please take me back? I'm really sick of this Tony Khan guy. And Vince started laughing at him. I know what Vince said. Vince said, Fit Finley, Jamie Noble, stop this man. <laughs> That's exactly probably what happened. This I don't believe this for one second. I, I believe they ran into each other. I think it was cordial. But I, I think Moxley was looking for him. I don't think Moxley ran into him. No, I, I don't think Vince McMahon is someone that you just run into, especially since, let's face it, he's probably in the presidential suite of every hotel, and, and Moxley probably isn't. Oh, he's definitely not. Please, this guy. I mean, he can afford even, it, even he's, it, not, he's just not going to. Why, why would a normal person do that? I think he can definitely afford it. Whether the hotel would allow him to, to yeah. be there is a completely different story. I, th- I think I think that there's something to what you're saying that he was waiting, he was lying in wait for for Vince. But whatever it is, it's still a nice story. I'm glad they got along. And you know what? WWE has shed a lot of bodies, and it wouldn't hurt them to to bring someone back in, especially someone from the Shield, especially someone who's done better for themselves, and they can put them into a story instantly. It it you you could put you could put together seven different stories that would make sense instantly. I better not see this guy on my WWE television. I can't stand this guy. I can't stand him as Dean Dean Ambrose. I can't stand him as John Moxley. I I don't want him anywhere near my. If he shows up on Monday Night Raw, I swear to God, I'm gonna write a letter to Vince myself. But SmackDown's cool. No, even on SmackDown, I don't, I don't even want to see him on 205 Live, and I don't even watch that fucking show. Nobody watches 205 Live. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's a myth. 205 Live probably gets more viewers than uh, Rampage at this point. It's like the treasure of Oak Island. No one will ever find it. People say it exists, but no one ever has ever seen it. Let's talk about these Young Bucks contracts. Apparently they resigned. Who knew that they needed to resign? But apparently um, they, they needed. What a shock. What? Uh, I mean, amazing that, that you have executive producer roles, insurance, benefits, retirement plans and talent contracts and control over a whole division and your contracts are still running for another two years and you re-sign for yet another two years i mean uh, and omega and cody will announce the same thing you know within the next three months i mean this whole thing about omega and cody's contracts expiring is stupid now there are people's contracts who are coming up that are that might be more interesting like a pack like a phoenix like a penta Maybe Phoenix wouldn't have any so, so many travel issues if he actually had a work visa which kept him in one place. Um, <laughs> they required him to be in one place. Um, but there's other, you know, sort of AW almost originals who are coming up. I mean, is Wardlow happy where he is? Maybe he is, but he's sort of an original. His contract, if it was a three year contract, is probably coming up. 
Hangman Page. I mean, if his title run, if they realize he's a zero and they take it off him quickly, will he be happy? If I'm WWE, do I want him? No, I'd probably just let them keep him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, who Brian knows? Brian Cage. What... I know there's plenty yeah. of names that you mentioned. Yeah. Brian Cage. Yeah, there's, there's a whole there's a, a whole bunch of them. I mean, most of them I wouldn't want, but, but if I'm Scorpio Sky, I have to be thinking – this is not where I saw myself. I mean, if I'm going to be a mid-carder, I might as well make $400,000 a year without having to do, you know, 60 indie shows a year. Yeah. While we're on the bucks, let's talk about uh, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated uh, year-end review is is coming out this month, and mm-hmm. they leaked out earlier that their number one tag team of the year is the Young Bucks. But let, let me just finish the loop, close the loop on this one. The Bucks were already signed through 2024. They've extended to 2026. Oh, very good. I mean, they could be extended to forever because I don't expect them to go anywhere else than AEW. Exactly. And Vince Vince and WWE don't want anything to do with them at this point. They're, they're, well, that's they're, why they're I try to close the loop, which means close the loop. I hate them. I hate them so much. Do you think them. that they're the best tag team uh, in the last year? Sure. Uh, for PW, yeah. I mean, name a tag team that's done more in the last year. I mean, granted, they booked the themselves. Huh? Who? The Usos. Jimmy Uso wasn't even wrestling for the first half of the year. Exactly. And then look at them now. They're 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 in the main event. Jay Uso was a singles guy and made made a believable run. They they let me tell you something. WWE's mantra is if it, 98% of the time is that if it ain't broke, let's see how we can fucks with it and break it. And that's exactly what they're doing with the Roman Empire. What? Now they are starting to make the Usos J&J security. They're losing everything. All right. What about this one? What about RK bro? There's a ah, case. I got, I got you. I got there's you. A, there's a case for RK bro, but I don't think that they've had, again, they, they formed just a little bit before WrestleMania. I mean, yeah, they'd probably be my, the number two team, I, I would say. But no, I mean, I, I don't have a problem. And you have to remember the PWI awards are voted on by the PWI subscribers. So they're already going to be biased in one direction. But I have no issue with the Bucks getting it. Now, if RK Bros won it, would I have any issue with that? I'd be a little surprised, but I have no issue with that. If some if the Usos somehow won, would I have an issue with it? Not really. If somebody said the Briscoes, it wouldn't make any sense to me. But I I, I get it. Um, but yeah, the, the the Young Bucks they're sort of the obvious choice. It's it's like who else is in the conversation is a more interesting conversation. <laughs> Allow myself to introduce myself. Um, but yeah, the RK the RK Bros are probably you know, and AJ and almost probably are you know, two A and two B. Mm. let's assume they split the vote uh, so, so sure the bucks there you go yep all right well you know i bring that up only because you know it is we are nearing the end of the year we are in the first week of december and soon jeff and myself will be going not only through the year 2021 and who is our best wrestler of the year best tag team of the year um but we'll also look back at the predictions that we made in last year's uh year-end show and see how we fared and then we'll look back at our mid-year show to see how piss poor we probably did 
after that well, show as well. Well, we were doing pretty well uh, at the mid-year, so I don't know that there'll be much difference. I mean, I think that I predicted that that there will be a mid-major federation that would fold, but I, I'm pretty sure I also went further to say it would be NWA. So, of course, my own prediction would be right, but it would hit me right in the heart and be Ring of Honor, uh, which I know they haven't actually said they folded yet. Um, but anyway, yeah, we'll see that. And we'll also, you know, before the year is up, we'll do our predictions for 2022 as well. And we'll, and we'll see how we do. I mean, frankly, I think whatever our biases may be, if people listen to our predictions from last December to now, it's hard to say that we didn't get things large, a lot of important things right. And the things that we got wrong, like blonde ambition, I mean, you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, that, that, you know, who, who knew that WWE was going to release another 80 wrestlers? <laughs> yeah. I mean, blonde ambition kind of morphed into toxic attraction. So, I mean, is that like a push? Is that a, no, <laughs> uh, you know, I, listen, it's adjacent, but no, it's not. It, it's adjacent. It's 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 you know. I was going with the whole twin magic matching outfits thing. So so no, it's it, it's not. It's close-ish. It's in the family, but no. Mm. My nether re, but it it it. Despite that, like the physical look being different, I want to say when they're on the screen, whether Mandy Rose is a blonde or a brunette. My nether regions still um, behave in the same manner. Get ambition. You find <laughs> ambition. I find. Thank you. There you go. It it finds uh, a lot of ambition. Yeah, to toxic attraction is a good act. JC Jane is not a very good wrestler. Speaking of uh, my nether regions uh, being swollen, let's talk about Big Swole being released. You like that segue? That was a good one. That was a good. One. <laughs> Big Swole was released. I'm calling it a release because let's be real. Like she opted not to renew. It's the same thing that happened on Drodian. He gets referred to as a release. So, and no, and he, and uh, he was released early from his contract, and they waived his 90 day non compete. It, it was different. It's the same thing with Daniel Bryan. He opted mm. not to renew. Oh yes, this is correct. Listen, tomato, tomato. Uh, this is nobody says that a, a, anyone gets released from AEW. I'm just saying, Big Swell got released. So she stated, she said in a statement, you know that uh, you know she had a conversation with Tony Khan, and they mutually came to this agreement that they both wanted to separate, go separate ways because you know, whatever. Um, if we want to get into it, I don't know if you want me to read the the, the whole announcement. Absolutely, uh, but not. I can. No, you don't care. I mean, I know that she said that she had, uh, you know, health issues, which are, are widely being reported as Crohn's disease, which can be very serious. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, I you know, we'll see. Um, if I was a betting man, I'm not, but I do make predictions on this show. I'm going to say that she's going to start taking indie bookings very quickly. And if that's the case, you know, that it was largely bullshit. She wasn't really happy with her position or what they were going to do with her. But you know what? They shouldn't have, because she wasn't a very good wrestler. She had that one great promo at the beginning of the year and then disappeared. Um, but one of the worst women's matches people are talking about was the dental uh, office match. And it was pretty bad. And I, I actually didn't hate it nearly as much as other people did. I no, actually I thought it was sort of funny. Um, but 
she's not very good and it's not like there's room for her at the top i mean they 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 have signed a lot of people and a lot of them are better than her and they're obviously building this division primarily around brit thunder jade to a lesser extent sheeta they have ruby soho that they can always sort of keep in and around there i'm sure they would like for ty and anna jay to to advance they got penelope ford who comes and goes um Layla Hirsch, who I guess they'd like to do things with. Red Velvet, who I think they'd like to do things with. Um, and others, I guess, she, you know, you can't rule out their Japanese bent. So, they, they you know, uh, you can never rule out Sheeta and Riho. You can never rule out um, Nyla Rose. So, I mean, that's 12 or 15. I didn't even talk about Jamie Hayter, who, you know, they're, you know, at some point they have to make a sort of big deal out of her. Um well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned all these names because this is what I wanted to discuss with you when it comes to Swole is Swole is let's uh, let's, you know, call her as she is. She is the more muscular, more well-defined athlete out of the women in AEW, with the exception of Jade Cargill. Right. Well, so she isn't. She isn't even she's she's not big and she's not swole. Chris Chris Statlandler is is more swole than she is. She's swole in a different way, uh, uh, Jeff. Uh, I don't want to objectify Garrett women here, bigger but it's, 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 uh, okay. I can okay. We can agree on that. But if you've already got my point was was saying if you've already got a Jade Cargill who checks off the boxes, and again, I'm not saying that. Um, because I know some people who listen to me rant and rave about AW and how they don't push uh, people of color will say, oh, well, Steve's just insinuating that they've already checked off the black female athlete box with Jade Cargill. But I'm also saying, like, she is, if the the big attraction of Jade Cargill is that she is a monster, right? And a monster in a different way than Nyla Rose is a monster. Mm-hmm. In like this this Goldberg esque um, force of nature, you don't really need someone like Swole on the roster. She's not Swole. I mean, her whole her whole thing is silly. The whole thing is silly. And yeah, no, no. Listen, Swole was not an important part of the AEW roster. She hasn't been for a long time. And when she was, it was it was for very short limited periods of time um even when they had a much smaller women's roster their women's roster has doubled and their i mean literally ring of honor just released 12 women uh wwe and nxt just released probably somewhere name neighborhood of 25 women they will probably release more um and the indies are full of people like, you know, I, I don't know how things work with Impact and NWA these days and if they can do AEW or AEW Dark as well. But there are people out there like Mercedes Martinez, like Lady Frost. Hey, and our friend Tootie Lynn, don't want to forget her, Billy Stark. There are, you know, there's a man, uh, what's her name? Gracia, Alex Gracia. There, there are there are women out there in wrestling who have bigger names that are available. Selena Delorento is still available. I mean, I mean for yeah, a year but she wasn't a wrestler. 
<clears throat> trains to be a wrestler. But I mean, but the point is, for a, almost a year, we've been expecting her to sign with someone big. And in fairness, it's because she's insinuated as much, and she's she closed her store. She said everything must go within thirty days. Something big is happening, and then nothing big happened. It, it just became that she renewed her. You know, she sort of shut down the internet feud with Alicia Toot, but then renewed it after I guess whatever she thought was going to happen didn't happen. Um, yeah, now she's just pushing her OnlyFans. But you know, when it comes to Swole, and again, based on what you were just saying, how much do you? How much do you believe that I'm coming back? Um, how much do you believe the I, the statement that Swole puts out as the reason that they she wants to split? She's, you know, there's an in, in her statement, which you can read on her Twitter, her Instagram, her socials. Um, she alludes to the pre-existing conditions that slowed her down this past year. But in reality, she's also talking about opportunity, right? She's she's talking about having a swole mentality, right? Going after what you want. AEW has not given her that opportunity to, to shine. She's been, you know, in some matches in dark. And I don't think she's been in a match um, since... September 21st when she was uh when she defeated Ali Catch. So may you know we've got this other um who's the the Lakers uh owner um Jeannie Bus. Jeannie Bus is and and is starting this new women's organization Wow, wow Wrestling. So w- what is this more about Swole is leaving because AW never presented this opportunity to her or she doesn't see the opportunity for people of color in AW and she just doesn't want to say it just yet. And or she, she wants doesn't to see it just for her. Agreed. Or maybe even that. And that's why she's leaving. And maybe, you know, she pops up on NWA next in the next month or ring of honor when it reboots or even um, on wow. Or MLW when they're starting a women's division. Who knows? That's what I'm saying. If we start seeing her taking indie bookings and signings, we'll know that that there was that she was unhappy there. If she doesn't, maybe her swole mentality is that she's always wanted to be a vet tech. I, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> well, all I know is that a lot of people in the last five years have left wrestling and they seem to come back. You know, David Richard was going to med school. Alex Shelley became an EMT or physical therapist. All of them, they come back to wrestling. Like it, it just seems like most of these guys are and gals are are not suited for anything else, unless you're like CJ Perry and you can become like a, a like a brand sponsor, fashion model kind of thing, or Kane and you can become mayor of Knox of Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, Kane made a lot of money. I think Kane's like the rare exception, but I want to say like, the, you know, the movie The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke is is what I think of when it comes to these wrestlers. I feel like they try to find a job elsewhere. Like in the movie, Rick Mickey is, you know, working as a butcher and, and fucks up. You're hundred percent right. And he just misses the attention and the, the adulation of the fans and he comes back. And I think that's what happens to a lot of the wrestlers is that they try to go into the private sector away from, uh, you know, Who would uh, want to be playing on their high school football team for 45 years if you could get paid to do it? And if your other options 
paid you more or less the same, potentially less. I mean, Scotty Tuhati came out, you know, last week it was breaking news. He wasn't happy because everyone he seemed to be working with got released. So he got frustrated. Well, now he's announced he's going back into indie wrestling. I don't know how old Scotty Tuhati is, but I'm guessing he is somewhere between 50 and 60. So, you know, okay, people are saying good for Scotty. I, I, I mean, I guess so. But, I mean, one, he can't retire that sad. Two, when Scotty Tuhati is booked on an indie wrestling card, he's taking someone else's spot. Now, whether he's taking the boogeyman's spot or whether he's taking <laughs> or whether he's taking the local guy there who was going to get the spot, who's been working for them for a year and a half, setting up the ring, and now he's not going to get his his hundred dollar payday and his chance to sell four t shirts, um, you know, and take six pictures, you know, with the indie crap. I don't know, but Scotty Tuhati's taking somebody's job. Because Scotty Tuhati is considered a bigger draw, and in today's market, they can pay Scotty Tuhati the same thing that they can pay, you know. Alex Schmelex because there's 200 wrestlers available for every show. Since we're talking about this now, let's, let's bring up this NXT uh, stuff right now. Um, you just talked about Scotty Duhati announcing his, um, he requested his release. He was this long time, uh, uh, I, I, what was he? An agent, a trainer, a mix of both, I guess, for NXT for the last, I don't know, several years. I didn't even know, you know, we spoke about this in the last episode. We didn't even know he was doing stuff for NXT, but I guess he was for a long time. This week, even just as early as earlier today, uh, Thursday, December 2nd, you have the news that Beth Phoenix is requesting her leave from NXT. Is this something to be concerned about you you know we've got this the recent brand change that happened uh you know it seems like they're slowly phasing out the old guard and bringing in some newer blood as far as the talent is concerned you got scotty too hottie wanting to leave it's no more fun you now have beth phoenix wanting to leave is there something rotten in denmark i mean maybe I mean, in this particular case, is it something to be concerned about? I wouldn't be as frankly, I I don't think she's very good at it. She sort of seems like Renee, but worse. And and at least Renee was quirky and, and like cute personality wise. Beth, the only stuff that she did well was with the in the index storyline. Other than that, she's she's not good at this. I mean, I think they should go out and swoop up Quinn McKay or whatever her real name is and get a little personality in there and, and go with you know, uh, you know, a, a different sort of vibe. Um, but I mean, there's two other possibilities. One is she's telling the truth. I mean, her kids are sort of of that young school age. I mean, these are precious years. I mean, your your kids are young. Mine are older. Those mm -hmm. you never get those days. Your your kids will never be as fun as when they're two to six years old again. They just won't. It's just, it's just, it's just the way they may be successful. They may make you proud. They may have great achievements, whatever it is, but they'll never be those toys. Those little, like, like whatever you like pets with personalities that, that, that again, so it could very well just be that maybe she really does. They are wealthy. Edge makes a lot of money. Edge is on Vikings. They're talking about doing a whole spinoff Viking show surrounding edge where he's like, sort of like the King of Iceland or whatever. It's fine. The other thing is, 
we saw the promo Monday night, which was one of the only good parts of Raw, and it wasn't even that good. The promo between Edge and Yay, the Miz came back, and Miz came out with Maurice. Well, Edge and Maurice or Edge and Miz are having a promo battle, and Maurice is there. Well, I mean, you know, Beth Phoenix sort of makes sense in that context. So maybe Beth is training for a comeback for there to be a mixed gender match, which Miz and Maurice have done before. So maybe it's a swerve. Maybe, you know, maybe she doesn't want to be at the performance center where everybody sees her working out with the trainers and whatever, and where the, where John Alba might be, you know, you know, hanging around or whatever, or where it's going to get up. Maybe she wants to go to her home gym in North Carolina where only Seth Rollins knows how to get in. Um, <laughs> so, so, I'm gonna go with that one that she's that she is going to be she's going to be at home. She'll spend more time with her family, but she's also training. She's gonna get herself into ring shape for that program, which will culminate at uh, WrestleMania or some other big card. So I'm, I'm gonna go with that one. No, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about because whatever it is, even in the worst case scenario, I don't think that she added anything to the show anyway. I, I mean, they could just do it with Vic and and wade and it would be fine um but you know i've already made my case for who i think they should put in there um but yeah that's it i I, i'm not concerned about it and if they are trying to turn over nxt okay so be it let them turn over nxt is it something to be concerned about no it's a strategy is it a winning strategy i don't know but if if it's a plan at least execute on the plan and see where it leads you yep yep I think you brought up good points as far as, you know, the potential of a Ms. Maurice Edge Beth Phoenix match. I think that was something that popped into my head and a lot of people's heads after watching sure. the Monday Night Raw um, promo. Yeah, um, I didn't think it was particularly we... insightful. I mean, it's, it's... <clears throat> well, before we get into um, all of the Monday Night Raw stuff, let's continue with War Games. I've got the um, NXT War Games. Um, matches up until now. And I also have uh, what appears to be Las Vegas. Uh, oh, sorry, they're not Las Vegas. This is just betting odds on the matches. This is, I pulled this off an article uh, off of wrestlinginc.com. Um, Hamlock so- Hangover is not a uh, license or sanctioned gambling site. We do not give gambling or wagering advice wagering and gambling may be legal in your states please check with your state law and your internet provider and consult with your own legal counsel this is for information and entertainment purposes only that's right wow you did that just like a lawyer are you a lawyer just like, just like. <laughs> i stayed at the holiday Inn express last night you dabble um let's talk about let's go up and down the card um Cameron Grimes versus Duke Hudson hair versus hair hair versus hair match. Um, oddly enough, right now this is a push. They're both at equal odds. Um, who do you have in this match? Okay, we all know I don't like the Duke Hudson gimmick. I I almost see what they see in him. I almost see the Wade Barrett comparisons. His little shtick last night where the different versions of Cameron Grimes' hairdo was almost funny. It was too slow. Um, but I don't like him, which means I don't think Vince is going to like him. I think Cameron Grimes getting the trim and the, and the neater haircut is a swerve. He actually looks much better now. 
I think Duke is losing his hair because some of the NXT 1.0 guys have to win. And Duke being someone who's probably going to be working somewhere else, hopefully not playing professional poker uh, in the next seven months. Um, or they'll get rid of Andre Chase and, and just one day pretend to Duke Hudson's Andre Chase. Uh, in any event, I'm going to go with Cameron Grimes on this one. I I have to agree with you. I mean, I'm a big fan of Cameron Grimes now. I used to hate this guy with such a passion. Um, that was what I thought, uh, you know, him and Tucker had the same gimmick. Um, but Cameron Grimes really won me over with this million-dollar man. And uh, what's his face? The the guy, LA, LA Knight, Knight stuff. Yeah, well, so, LA Knight's a star. Yeah, um, yeah, right. <laughs> so... I, I like Cameron Grimes here. Um, let's talk about Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy for the Cruiserweight Championship match. Well, the, the new open weight, the, new, the new, no judgment, no weight shaming title. Um, Joe Gacy has to win this, partly because Roderick Strong is a giant zero, partly because I have a bet over with someone for dinner that Roderick Strong will be released before the year is out. Um, I have to imagine that his contract is coming to an end around the same time that Kyle O'Reilly's is and Johnny Gargano since they're all sort of a you know sort of like the same class kind of thing. Um, by the way, I'm really sad because everyone was reporting in November Kyle O'Reilly's contract was coming up. It is December second; he's still under contract. So now they're reporting again that's coming up. Does anyone actually know this? Stop teasing me. Stop playing with my emotions this way. All right, Joe Gacy wins this match, um, and hopefully Diamond Mine turns on Roger Trump. But whatever it is, I don't care. Joe Gacy wins. Um, on a side note, editorial or footnote, is anyone else a little bit disappointed that we've been hearing about Parker Boudreaux as being baby Brock for like two years now, and we see him and he's only a little bit bigger than Joe Gacy and he's not really all that cut? Shh. Why are you saying this? You, 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 you're letting the cat out the bag. Like he, you know, everyone's like, oh, they got rid of Karrion Cross because they've got Harlan coming in and, and... You know, uh, Rick Steiner's kid, who's been doing great, but, you know, is a big guy, but isn't that big a guy. And so everyone thought that Harlan was the monster. He's, he's really not a monster. Oh, wow. Maybe they're both monsters. Well, I mean, maybe they're smaller monsters. Like leprechauns are monsters. Yeah. <laughs> like leprechauns are monsters. All right. Well, we, we, we can stick a pin on that and, and come to another time. Joe Gacy is my prediction. All right, well, Joe, Gacy is, Joe Gacy is the favorite right now. And, uh, yeah, again, I I think he's got the heat. Roderick Strong is on the way out and or on the decline. So, yeah, it makes sense that Joe Gacy wins this match. Roderick Strong is such a zero. And Bivens is so good. And the Creed brothers are a good tag team. And Ivy Nile has all of it. I mean, Suzuki, I have no idea what his purpose is. But even with his, his stoic say nothing, he's more interesting than Roderick Strong. We have, uh, let's say, next is the women's war games match. It's Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kylie Ray versus Toxic Attraction and Dakota Kai. At this moment, it looks like, and if I'm reading this correctly, I don't know if I am. It looks like Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, Cora Jade, and Kaylee Ray are the favorites. 
Well, I'm going to I'm going to take the long shot here then. I'm going with the Toxic Attraction team. I know that Dakota Kai is the weak link here. But somebody from 1.0 uh has to win somehow their 1.0, I guess cuz of Dakota and Mandy was on um main roster, but Kylie Ray breaks things and she's going to break break the trust of her teammates um because that woman's not a face, she's a heel. Um so yeah, I'm gonna and toxic attraction. Even though they have all the gold, they they need a little bit of momentum. So they're they're gonna win this match, some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I honestly think I think these guys are gonna be the ones that are gonna lose. And these guys, uh, who are these guys? Oh, sorry. The, the you were saying that toxic attraction needs the win, but I I honestly think that this is where they can afford an L. So you're going with um, the face. Yeah. I am going to go with the faces <clears throat> because I think that's what Dakota Kai is there for. I think Dakota Kai is going to take the L and you keep toxic attraction looking strong for your reasoning um, that 1.0, one of these teams, 1.0 is going to stay strong and the other one, 2.0 is going to win. Yeah, so but I let's face it, the only, the only woman on the other team that can't take the L is Raquel Gonzalez. All of the others can take an L. Io Shirai has made it plain she doesn't want to go anywhere. Cora Jade's been getting these, you know, sneaky wins, but never anything definitive. Um, and she's 19. And Kylie Ray, she's already taken L's. And uh, you know, I know that they've got this new gimmick, but her new gimmick is she breaks shit. That's not much of a gimmick. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, we'll, we'll we'll see. You pick one side, I pick the other. That's fine. They should give Otis that gimmick. Maybe it'll work for him better. I can't stand Otis now. Really? Okay. Um, f- final match, men's war games match. This is Braun Breaker, Carmelo. So it's 2.0 versus 1.0. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, Grayson Waller. I don't know how. Can you explain to me how this motherfucker got, got into this match? No, I cannot. And Tony D'Angelo. This guy is one of the, the up and coming rising stars of NXT. Uh, uh, versus Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and L.A. Knight. Um, right now, it looks like the favorites are 1.0, Tommaso Ciampa, Tommaso, Gargano, Dunne, and Knight. What do you think? I think that Dexter Loomis plays into this match, but somehow, even though he plays into this match, it's really just evening the odds with Trick Williams, and they sort of fight out of the, the the ring. I think the 2.0 has to win because they want to get Braun Breaker, or Braun Breaker intends to get himself back into the NXT title picture. He already lost quite decisively to Tommaso Ciampa, so the only way for him to justify it is that he is the captain of the team that wins. And what's the point of having NXT 2.0 if the men's 2.0 team doesn't beat the NXT 1.0 team and Ciampa's already beaten pretty much everyone and I'm also I mean this was a minor thing and WWE doesn't tend to focus on small details but it was a few weeks ago where Pete Dunne pointed out that he's the same age as as Grayson Waller and, and these other guys and I wouldn't be half surprised if he didn't turn on the 1.0 and say I'm not an old codger like you guys. I'm a young buck. And he just signed another a new three-year contract for what? I don't know. So, I, I mean, 
I don't think him feuding against Tony D'Angelo is the big feud that they have in mind for him. Um, so I, I, and he really is a heel, not a face. So um, maybe something there as well. So anyway, I'm going with 2.0. Okie dokie. Um, so just to recap, wait, wait, who did you just pick? You picked 1.0? No, 2.0. Two, that's what I thought. Okay, so hold on. I'm just writing this down so that way we have this for posterity and next week's show when we get to... Uh, what are the odds say? Who's the favorite? Uh, 1.0. Hmm. Um, you are saying Hudson... And Gargano hasn't even resigned. He's like on a handshake deal now. And I'm saying Grimes. No, he he resigned for a, an extra week. After this, he's done. Yeah, but that's a handshake. Oh, it's isn't Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly against Imperium on this card also? I mean, I didn't see it over here. Maybe it's on. I mean, not that one. anyone cares or should. Um, let me just double check this. Um. Let me let me ask you this while we're waiting while I'm double checking this. What are your thoughts on WWE using seed fillers? Seed fillers like growing plants? No, seat as in S E A T, like take a seat, Chachi. You mean like giving away tickets or moving people onto the hard camera side? Moving well. I don't know if you heard about this new this. Uh, there's a YouTube video of a guy that says claims to be a seat filler, meaning he got paid for the night to go to the UBS arena to sit in empty seats. So this is not exactly him get, getting a comp ticket. This is him getting paid to fill the seat, and then he's getting in. He he snuck in his camera and, and started recording when either a UBS official or a WWE official, I mean, I mean official loosely, like someone that worked for an employee. Security. Um, was giving them directions on booing, cheering, you know, acting lively, that sort of thing. So um, now the internet wrestling community has been like, see, WWE is doing so bad that they have to, Pay people to show up to the to the to the uh, arena. Well, listen, I absolutely believe that seat filling happens. I mean, it happens with the Oscars. People get paid to go to the Oscars and sit there, and they get a they get one of those great swag bags, and they say, "Don't talk to the celebrities." That that's the deal. Um, I don't believe this guy because one person doesn't make a difference. So they'd have to have like fifteen hundred people to make a difference. So. There'd be 1,499 other stories. So just conspiracy theory logic 101 tells me that, that there's a giant gaping hole in this story, that, that he's not the only narc, that there's other people. You know, you know it, it, it's not like they travel with the show that they're, they'd be losing their gig. Um, you know, if I'm WWE, I'm never going back to Long Island. By the way, Raw sold uh, about 5,100 tickets, including whatever comps were there for the same arena. AW is right now at around nine thousand, so they may get up to, to ten thousand uh, in in the same arena. Now I understand that one is fresh and new, and the WWE's done four or five shows in the New York area within the last couple months. I mean, AW just ran New York and Newark also, so I mean that's a little bit of a push. But listen, I've said it many times: I would not pay to see a WWE TV show 
for, for any amount. You you you'd have to pay me to be a seat filler <laughs> at Raw SmackDown. I would pay a reasonable amount to go to a WWE pay per view. They're they're perfectly good shows, but the TV shows are atrocious. Well, I can tell you from you know my my personal experience again in the local area. I live in New York, so I I I did attend the SmackDown that was at Madison Square Garden back in September. But because they were here in September, it is now, you know, November was Survivor Series. So I didn't feel like I needed to drop another hundred plus dollars on a ticket to go see them again. The card wasn't all that attractive to me. And, you know, it wasn't worth me getting in the car and driving sure. over an hour to get to Brooklyn. So sure. the market's exhausted. I, I, I mean, I get it. That's part of it. The other part of it is like the pricing. AEW, I also went to the Arthur Ashe AEW show. I went to the uh, the AEW show in Newark. And I'm not going to this one at the UBS because, again, I had such a bad taste in my mouth from the Newark show that I wasn't, I was like, I'm not dropping this money again. I will say that the, the price was significantly less than WWE for the same seats I can drop $75 and get lower bowl seating. That means the first section of hard-built seats in the bowl of an arena for 75 bucks here in the New York area. Yeah, no, AEW is definitely more reasonably priced. And those same tickets for WWE, including Raw, this past Monday night, despite them having like buy three, get one free uh promotions the ticket was still like 150 bucks right and i'm like i'm still not going like this is crazy yeah plus the parking there is going to be 35 dollars for the night correct yeah so i i I, I, there was no interest in my part of wanting to take part in dropping that money again also it's the holidays i'm more concerned about using that money 150 bucks goes a long ways for for buying um you you have lots of presents to buy me. Gifts, I, I absolutely. You know that I've got to take care of you. So, I, honestly, also maybe this is some of the additional insight, and I don't know how many people feel about this as well. But I rather drop the money to go with my kids to the hot the Christmas, um, the day after Christmas, Madison Square Garden show that is usually like a an annual tradition. For WWE, I rather drop four to five hundred dollars to that and take my kids to it, than go to Monday Night Raw, um, at in Long Island or Brooklyn, and that's just me. Well, well, that's fine. I mean, you know, the theory is, I mean, New York is very big, and and the Nassau Coliseum, Nassau <laughs> County, is one of the most populated counties in the in the you know non city in the world, and and Suffolk County is you know, not too far behind and the most populated areas of Suffolk County are probably equidistant from the Nassau Coliseum and some of the most populous areas of uh, Nassau County. So, I mean, they should be able to support that building e- either way. But anyway, it, it is what it is, you know. That's listen, not, w- that's, ri- that's ridiculous, uh, w- Jeff. They w- can't even support themselves. WWE has been working this market, you know, since before I was, you know, walking. So... Uh, yeah, AEW they, is the new fresh thing. It's their it's their first time around. 
It's I new. agree with you. And I think, yeah, it's the, it's the fresh, it's the new kid on the block. And I, I think there is an oversaturation again. Like I said, WWE was just here in September. I dropped, you know, uh, close to 200 bucks after concessions and, and, and travel and all that stuff to go to the show. It was a great show. I loved it. Would I do it again? Yes. Would I do it again? The next the, the, the six weeks later? No. Right. Especially WWE, where I mean, the, the stories go for one to seven thousand years. Uh, uh, listen, I don't. I love WWE. Um, going back to NXT, uh, there is a War Games tag title match. You are correct. This is um, not fully updated on this um, article. That nobody I was cares about Kyle O'Reilly. This, this is true. This is true. It's like it's um, like the betting. A- the betting line is nobody cares. <laughs> Oh, see, it is in fine print here. I see. I didn't notice that. And it actually says that. It says uh, NXT Tag Team Championship match, Imperium versus Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. Uh, In parentheses, nobody cares about Kyle Mm -hmm. O'Reilly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Who do you have here? I sure as hell hope Imperium wins, but they're not going to um, because Kyle O'Reilly's contract isn't ending anytime soon everyone's lying to me the whole world is out to get me and he's probably on like some 11 year guarantee contract so i have to see his boring ass i mean this team is so bad together the only thing that could possibly happen here is that somebody turns on somebody and even that is boring it's just less boring than them together and less boring than them winning um i i hope imperium wins um but i told myself and i i, I still don't do it consistently i told myself when i do predictions i'm going to predict the way wwe would do things not the way i want to do things so kyle and vaughn are going to be your new nxt tag team champions god knows why yeah no i think kyle riley's leaving so i'm gonna go with imperium um so let's just recap our picks for men's war games you picked 2.0 i picked 2.0 for the women's war games match you picked 2.0. I picked 1.0. For the open weight match, you picked Gacy. We both picked Gacy. Hair versus hair, you picked Hudson. I picked Grimes. No, we both picked Grimes. Oh, we both picked Grimes. Okay. Hey, this is why we're we're reviewing it. I honestly think I might be wrong about this, but um, we shall see. And for the tag title matches, uh, you picked. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner, and I'm picking Imperium. So we do have some places where we differ. God, I so... hope you're right. <laughs> it's probably the first time you've ever said that. It may well be. <laughs> but I've never All... met him before. <laughs> All right. Um, let's talk about Monday Night Raw, WWE. We briefly mentioned SmackDown earlier. It was a good show, but again, nothing. The, the, the Black what Friday... Was... The Black Friday show was, you said it yourself. It was nothing to write home to mom about. It was a Black Friday Battle Royal. It was a Battle Royal. I like all Battle Royals. I And I think a lot of people, that's probably what popped the rating is everybody loves Battle Royals. So. Right. Were you were you shocked that Sammy, Sammy Zayn looked like he was going to win? Oh, no, sorry. Jeff Hardy looked like he was going to win it, and then Sammy Zayn won it. No, because I saw how Sammy Zayn got out, so I knew what the story was. I just wasn't sure if Jeff Hardy was going to catch him and turn it because – 
face versus heel versus heel versus heel uh, makes more sense. Um, I didn't understand why Sami Zayn was so upset when he heard that Brock Lesnar would be appearing next week. I mean, does he think that Brock Lesnar would interfere in the match because he'd rather face Roman Reigns than Sami Zayn? Everybody would rather face Sami Zayn. But that that the ending was awkward and weird. But no, I, I wasn't surprised. And you know, uh, you know, I think Sammy and Kevin are both being given a little bit because WWE is saying, you know, we could probably live without you, but we're we we'd like to keep you. I think what you saw was Sami Zayn being upset by the fact that the news of Brock being on the show the next week overshadowed his win. And and I think you know because it was Kayla in the ring and Kayla was like oh he she interrupts him to announce that Brock is coming so I think that's what you saw that that, that is a reasonable interpretation nevertheless he's still getting his title shot so good for him um, the rest of the card I remember there being some lousy women's match on there that was really really lousy like really really bad um, oh Tony Storm. Um, Okay, got pie faced. Yeah, I, I will admit I laughed even the second time, but it was ridiculous because Charlotte like clearly had it in her hand. It was like, like slow motion. So Tony Storm's an idiot. Um, but I don't, <laughs> I don't see anything in Tony Storm. Um, but Tony Storm's going to win the non-title match, just like I told you when we said that Becky was going to beat Charlotte and Charlotte was going to get on this little, you know, this little losing streak kind of thing. Um, and, and that, that'll be that, but, uh, yeah, SmackDown was, a, it was a wrestling show. It was an inoffensive wrestling show. They could use some more bodies. I mean, unfortunately, you know, Rick Boogs is just an entrance. He's, he's the, he's the, the less charismatic version of Adam Cole, where he's an entrance and nothing else. Nakamura is an entrance and nothing else. Nobody likes happy Corbin. Nobody likes madcap Moss. Um, yeah, I don't know what the whole thing there is, but. SmackDown was inoffensive. Raw was offensive. Raw was terrible. Raw was a hideous show. I don't understand what they were trying to do with it. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, it was so obvious. Like, like within the first hour, I'm texting. You know, because the internet's going all crazy. Everyone's pretending they're excited. They lo- everyone loves everything these days. Um, so they're all like, Seth Rollins versus Big E is going to be such a great match. I'm like, the hell's wrong with you people you know it's going to be a three-way it's probably even going to be a fatal four-way before all is said and done i mean i was just the only thing i was surprised about is that finn lost so easily to seth rollins that he wouldn't lay his claim to be the fourth person in the match in any event that didn't happen so good i mean finn jobber people should be wondering about his status um but you know the 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 match with ko and and biggie was fine but the end was ridiculous it was good no, it Big wasn't. E, Big E does the gyration. The, everything I tell you the Big E shouldn't do, he does. He did the gyrations. But his promo, his promo actually was pretty good. And then he did the Booker T. Can you feel that sucker? Or, or can you dig that sucker? That was great. And then he does a little Urkel dance and ruins the whole goddamn thing. <laughs> you, you can... Like, we get it. You're a big muscle-bound geek, but you're a geek at heart, but you're the champion. Champions aren't geeks. Stop it. Stop it. You, It's there. And In for 2021, the love... champions can be geeks, Jeff. No. For the love of God, dude, you wrestle well, but you're not Kenny Omega, so you can wear boots with an inch and a half or two-inch lifts. There's such a difference between a 5'10 wrestler 
and a six foot one wrestler. Just please get yourself a little bit taller. It's there, Biggie. It's there. There's just like little things that you can do to, to make it happen or, or it just ain't going to happen. Now, the women's match, this sucked. This was <laughs> like, like the women in WWE. I have said many times that they are the best women's division in wrestling. I'm, I'm including NXT in it. I don't care what people say. But they cannot do the multi-person matches. The Survivor Series sucked. What they did on SmackDown sucked. This sucked. And the only reason for this was, I guess, twofold. One, to keep Dewdrop still being Bianca's immediate foil to keep her distracted. And two, to cure their error from Survivor Series so that Liv Morgan could get the win to build her for the title. So they corrected that mistake. Swell. Terrible match. Liv stinks. They all stink. As soon as you saw Tamina coming out, even announced, you know, well, we know who's losing. Um just just i mean that, that that was dana brooke my god i mean and nobody cares that she has the 24 7 belt nobody's coming out after her none of the women attack her after the match is over to go for the belt like nobody cares about that belt no one zero zilch um they did the whole segment with reginald stupid oh and they do a big thing on bobby lashley like they're first introducing him like it's 2000 <laughs> And how he won the military awards in college, and he's an all-American, and he represented the country, and he's the greatest guy and an American hero, and all of that is true, and he's a heel, and that is a face vignette, and you're going to turn your best heel that's not named Roman Reigns into a face? You just reformed the Hurt Business, fair enough, just so that Cedric and, and Shelton can lose, but how about instead of that? Have them win again so there's an actual tag team or have them be useful. But you break up the Hurt Business so you ruin the only good act during your the pandemic era. And now you're going to turn your the most dominant champion in 2021, the most dominant wrestler in 2021, bar none. And you're going to turn a fantastic, excellent, believable, built out of stone i mean just muscles on top of muscles you're gonna turn a guy that doesn't really have a personality into a face he needs mvp most of the time or he says nothing that he's effective but as a face no or that vignette just made no freaking sense and it came out of nowhere there were other things too that were just disjointed they just made no goddamn sense and don't get me started listen I appreciate that Vince McMahon is in. Don't get you started. You've you've been railing on this for like the last seven minutes. Good. So I have at least that much. Time. So I, I appreciate that Vince McMahon is 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 going on TV and him and Ed, between him and Edge they managed to keep the hundred and fifty thousand people they gained last week. They're still under one point seven, which is pathetic. Make no mistake. But they're trending up. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so. I appreciate he's taking some personal interest and investment in Austin Theory. Great. But I cannot understand a goddamn word that man is saying. And by that man, I mean Vince McMahon, not Austin Theory. All I hear him say is... And now you're going to get your seven minutes to explain your little theory on it. I just thought it was a stupid Abbott and Costello routine. You think it's more meta than that, so... Please, I'm going to catch oh, your breath. Oh, without a doubt, it's more meta than that. But I'll st- but I'll leave that for the end of uh, my rebuttal to you. 
I thought Raw was really good for the last... I want to say this is the third week in a row that Monday Night Raw seems to be uh, working a lot more succinctly to promote ongoing storylines and you, feuds. Is there some way you could save that screenshot and make it our new show art? Of, of you uh, uh, spazzing out? It looked like you. It looked like you stroked for a minute. What what other kind of reaction should I have to this this idiocy that's coming from you? I'm uh, listen. You wanted fresh new matchups. You're getting fresh new matchups. You've got a storyline with Seth Rollins, Big E, Kevin Owens is involved. It's it's fresh. It's new. It makes sense. They're building up the storyline. Kevin Owens can't be trusted. Even the heel doesn't trust him. It's interesting stuff. You're just too jaded by your AEW fandom to just witness great booking, Jeff. Three mid-carders pretending to be top carders. Are you crazy? These guys are legitimate top card guys. Seth Rollins especially. Yeah, they're they're legit mid-card guys. You had it right No, top guys. They're top guys on Monday Night Raw. Very interesting. It's just that all these IWC wrestling marks... Just love it when the baby face goes on a chase. But when the chase is over, they get bored. And and then they start looking for the next thing. And that's where they're at. That's where they're at. That's where you're at too, Jeff. It's 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 just hey, Biggie would be great if he's the champion. Oh, Biggie's right. the champion. Nobody gives a shit. Hangman will be the great champion. Hangman's Hangman's uh, uh, garbage champion now. And it's only been two weeks. Well, let's so, about, how about this fresh uh, AJ is blind and almost might be upset with him and and the fresh team of the of Dolph Ziggler and Big Bob. Listen, they're they're building up to a storyline where they're gonna mm-hmm. you know there's there's a friction in the family. AJ mm-hmm. and almost they're gonna they're gonna break up eventually. Listen, it's not that big of a deal. It what didn't take that much. It was one segment, one commercial. It well, wasn't Commander, even one commercial. Commander Aziz is really a, a huge influence, and it's really <laughs> helping uh, Apollo Cruz's career. And Damian Priest still with this. Uh, when when he real hard, he gets he he gets mad and and hulks up again. I mean, <laughs> he, he listen. Damian Priest is a Jekyll and Hyde. This is the storyline that they're giving him. It's different. It's you want it different, and they're doing different. Uh, Damian Priest is one of the most over guys that they've got on Raw. He's one of two Everybody loves it. It works. Him and Riddle are faces that work. Don't fucks with them. Fucks they're with not the fucking. Don't work. But Jeff, they're not fucking with it. People mark out. Uh, when he starts spazzing out and 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 turns it up to ten or, or I'm telling 12. you they won't. I'm telling you it's gonna it, Jeff. It, it, it's it's been happening life. the last couple of weeks when he's wrestling. This is yeah, the they, last couple they work out. Talk talk to me in the next couple of months when it. Oh my god! Oh my god! I can't win with you. Like and you know one thing that you mentioned. You're, arguing, Preston, uh, you're making losing arguments. So I'm not making know. losing arguments. You just don't want to uh, use reason and rationale here. Like, Raw was a good show. A lot of people that are usually critical of Raw said it, with the exception of JD. And and JD from New York, every moment he's talking about trashing WWE. This man, I get it. JD makes a lot of money on his YouTubes by just shitting all over the product. But on Monday night, he says, I don't understand why Apollo Crews is in a title match with Damian Priest. What do you mean you don't understand? It's an open challenge. Anybody can fucking show up. Tony Nese can show up. Oh no, 
I'm sorry, he's too busy answering his own open challenge with Sammy Guevara. So this is the bias that, that JD shows. And I just wanted to bring that up here. It's true. And, I have no beef with JD, but I mean, I, I mean. Oh, I've got, pl- you've got plenty of beef with him. I got plenty of beef with him. Didn't he block you? I had one interaction with him with in, in my life, and I didn't even know it was him until the end, and it was basically pleasant. No, I, but I, I agree with you on this, but I, but I don't, I mean, this is a criticism that you could level about every open challenge. I mean, this is the, I mean, the, 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 what they, what should happen in open challenges is they should have their own storylines where five people come out to answer the challenge. And then you do something with that before you get to the challenge. I mean, it should not be like, there shouldn't be one person on a roster interested in, in the belt, or at least if Apollo Cruz comes out and since they're doing nothing with commander Aziz, maybe you should say, Oh no, I'm taking this one, boss. And you know, let let's see if Commander Aziz is interesting. I mean, obviously, I guess the guy can't wrestle. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, listen, you knew that you knew that Commander Aziz was about to get washed when he was uh, hosed by o- both him and Otis are probably the next ones to be released because did you see how quickly in this battle royal during Survivor Series, uh, you know, the Pizza Hut battle royal, they just quickly almost just threw them out like nothing. Usually, big guys like those two will like lumber around for a bit almost just dispatch them easily and and i'm sure you're very excited about veer mcmahon coming to uh to to raw coming soon it's two and a half months you mean no the same guy who lost every week for for six months you mean that that veer now now he's mahan which is clearly mcmahon and gurajati Listen, I'm not interested in, in Veer right now. We'll see when he shows up. It wouldn't be surprising if he shows up for one week and then gets released the next one. So the only the only Veer I'm interested in is Lando Malari's uh, A Ducamp from Battle Babylon Five. I thought you were going to say the only Veer you're interested in is veering off the road when you're when you're watching Raw. Well, I don't usually drive when I'm watching Raw, but I would be interested in in, in Elias coming back and doing something that might be interesting. Let me get into my theory about Austin Theory and please, Vince McMahon. Please get into this this Vince McMahon thing because first of all, it's amazing that you understood what Vince said, and that's even further amazing that you, after hearing the man garble, 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 that you think that this is some sort of meta uh, joke within a joke within a joke. As a disciple and a student of Vince McMahon and his teachings, his booking philosophy and style. I totally saw this. It it makes perfect sense. These skits, and I hope they continue because this was grade A stuff. I'm surprised that you, as a wrestling intellectual, in my opinion, did not get this. These I didn't were understand all... any, anything you said. Well, maybe you should turn on the subtitles because it's it's important when Vince McMahon speaks, everybody listens. The first segment... He tells Austin Theory. He said, old man having stroke. No. He said, if you steal from me again, I'm going to kill you. Now, I need you to all understand that these skits are all tongue-in-cheek, but also he's not talking to Austin Theory. This is all a metaphor for him talking to Tony Khan and the internet wrestling community. In the first skit, he Vince McMahon says, if you steal from me again, I'm going to kill you. This is him directly talking to Tony Khan about, listen, I don't approve of you and your, your, your two flunkies, MJF and CM Punk, mentioning my superstars. 
cheap to get a cheap pop in your fucking ring. Don't steal my shit or I'm going to fucking kill you. That's Vince McMahon threatening Tony Khan. You saw it at when see when uh Miz and Edge mentioned it in their promo. We'll get into that in a minute. Second segment. All, McMahon is talking. He gives his insight on the Hangman page, the two-year storyline that culminated in him winning a title that everybody saw coming. He's talking to Austin Theory about surprises. And he's saying, if you see the surprise coming, this is, again, all tongue-in-cheek. He's being sarcastic. If you see the surprise coming, and it is a surprise, then it's not a surprise. But if it is a surprise, and you know it's a surprise, then it's a surprise, right? And Austin Theory says, yes. And he goes, do you understand me? And Austin goes, yes. And Vince grunts, hmm, like disapprovingly, like, no, you don't understand me, you fucking idiot. This is Vince explaining to Tony Khan and the internet wrestling community is, you idiots lap this shit up, this hangman bullshit about, I know that this is the big surprise, this is the ending, and they saw it a mile away. It's not a fucking surprise, it's fucking bullshit. It's dog shit is what it is. It's flaming dog shit. And it's Tony Khan ringing the doorbell for you to stomp it out. And because you saw it coming, you think you're a fucking genius and you know that you, you're in on it. And that's the, that's the, 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 di- the diatribe that Vince is telling you right now. In such an intellectual way, Vince is metaphorically speaking to the audience saying, you guys are fucking idiots. And then that culminates in segment three where he slaps the shit out of Austin Theory because Austin thinks he knows everything and he slaps him and he says, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. That was genius to me. I loved all of it. Well, that is certainly an interpretation. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, I hope we get more of these because... I, I enjoyed it. I'm surprised that Tony didn't rebut on this past Wednesday, but it wouldn't surprise me because Tony Khan's a complete idiot and probably didn't understand that Vince McMahon was just talking to him directly. Yes, of course, that's it. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, so Raw stunk. Um, <laughs> no, Raw was, Raw was uh, uh, this was the best written Raw, especially because of this deep meaning. You want to talk about deep segments? This was deep and it went over everybody's heads. And I'm surprised it, 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 by you. There were two good parts to Raw, and that was, and they weren't even that good. One was the <laughs> Becky Live exchange, which was more of, you know, Becky saying, "Live, you can't basically can't do shit. You never achieve anything. Your friends are gone." And then Liv sort of having true. the line that the internet loved. It's because of your selfish fat contract and Charlotte's selfish fat contract that my friends uh, can't uh, can't be paid to be here anymore. Which of course is silly, but at least it was a line. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Ms. Edge exchange, which was okay, um, but it you know, was it was really but, good, Jeff. But, but everyone really loved good. that Edge referenced AW Dynamite because they don't acknowledge other companies exist usually. Period at all. Every now and then they'll they'll recognize a New Japan title like IWGP or something. Every now and then, um, but that he said, you you have other shows you know, uh, talking about you. Um, th- that's how popular you, live, you are. You live you rent-free rent in, their free in, in their heads. 
you know, he's doing the compliment, but he's saying, but you don't even appreciate it and you're spoiled and you're entitled and you're a big duty bomb. Um, so, you know, when talking is the best part of a three hour wrestling show, that's really not a good thing. Now, in fairness, that's the same thing that's been happening to AEW recently as well. Um, nevertheless, I try not to compare the two directly as much as possible. It's, it's sort of unavoidable, but like I try to judge AEW Dynamite against AEW Dynamite. I try to get, judge Rampage against other AEW products, really only Dynamite or Rampage, because I, I don't watch Darker Elevation. Um, I try to judge WWE against WWE. There are times where comparisons are merited or unavoidable or, or fun. But um, I, no, I, I thought that Raw was was bad, and I think that Raw has been mostly bad. And I'm 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 damn near traumatized by what I'm seeing happening with Lashley. Before I get into Lashley, um, first with Liv and Becky Lynch. I thought that it was a good promo. I thought finally you got to see some fire from Liv, something that Becky has said in her promos herself. I want to see some fire. I want to see some ruthless aggression out of you. This is what's lacking from Liv Morgan. And for her to 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 clap back with that comment, I thought it was great. Finally, we're seeing some emotion and some some something from Liv Morgan. Do I, I think would trade Morgan for Penelope Ford right now, straight up? Do I think I would too? Do I think that Liv Morgan has a chance in hell of beating Becky Lynch this Monday night? Absolutely not. I think the this is a cheap way to get heat on Becky. Liv is a somewhat over babyface in the wrestling community, and it's a way to get. Liv, uh, Becky, some hit. I mean, she's not quite to the extent that Alexa Bliss has her stance, but Liv, Liv is, if Alexa's 1A, Liv is like 2. Correct, and I think that's what the mission of this is, is to, to get Becky some heat, and it's starting to work because now people are starting to say, I'm getting tired of Becky, I'm I'm, I'm really, you know, looking forward to Liv get, giving her some stuff. Maybe I will ask Alexa's you this. Back. God, God willing, Alexa's due back. Before we move on to the Miz and Edge promo, I wanted to ask you a question related to the reference of the WWE release talent. So Liv made this reference to Ruby Soho, a.k.a. Ruby Riot, and uh, Sarah Rowe um, being let go, mm-hmm. released, and... Some people in the internet wrestling community, and I guess some people in the wrestling community itself, meaning former talent, thought that this was in bad taste. What are your thoughts on that? I don't care. I, I don't care about that. He, he, it. The show must go on. The business decision made the business decision. The creative is the creative. Work shoots are the thing now. They have been for several years. The problem with work shoots is that you say things like CM stands for cooking meth. You say things like methany. You say things like you want to get into Britt Baker's pants while Adam Cole is there, but he's angry at someone else, not the guy who said that you, you want to get into her pants and not angry at the guy who supposedly wants to get into her pants. He's angry at Orange Cassidy. I mean, the, 
the problem with work shoots is that sometimes they don't make sense for the smart fan who knows how these folks are related to one another and how you will offend each other. But I listen, wrestling used to be edgy. One of the big problems with wrestling is that it's become homogenized and sanitized. Wrestling used to be ahead of the rest of the entertainment world with the exception of like hardcore horror and hardcore porn and stuff like that. You would, you would have, I mean, you'd have the hardcore, the crazy shit was on wrestling. Now everything is crazier than wrestling. SVU is crazier than wrestling. CSI is crazier than wrestling. I mean, real life is crazier than wrestling. Paw Patrol is crazier than wrestling. Quite possibly. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Clifford the Big Red Dog wasn't crazier than wrestling. I mean, I'm sure the internet went crazy about MJF talking about killing CM Punk's dog, Larry. I mean, just, you know, wrestling's a TV show. It's fake. It's scripted, or even if it's not scripted, if it's ad-libbed, it's still fake. It ain't gonna happen. So people need to get over it. If, if the whole premise of John Wick is that they killed his dog and he went crazy and killed a billion people over it. Nobody said, how they killed his dog? How dare they do that? It's a plot device. So, no, I'm I'm never going to get crazy about that. I, you know, is it like, ouch? Yeah, but, but let's not also forget that the week before, Becky said, you know, you... You you were supposed to be doing something with your friends. Now your friend you failed, and your friends aren't even here anymore. You know, so the heel said it first. She retorted. She turned it into a storyline. Whatever. That's a, that's my point. Whatever. Let people do their promos. If they're entertaining, they're entertaining. If they're not, they're not. Everyone needs to. Everyone. People look for things to be outraged about. There's plenty of real things to be outraged about there's no shortage of it you don't need to look for it in wrestling and if wrestling is no longer edgy that is at least 20 percent of the issue at least 20 percent. and i'm a sizes so i probably over inflate the percentage it has to do with the sizeism and the amount of female wrestling being pushed on us i i will confess that the my numbers are probably ballooned up there so it's probably more like 40 percent of the problem was the sanitation homogenization and you know that the, the you know the, you know and people bending over backwards to try and make a difference. They, they they were talking about how the CM Punk MJF promos were professional wrestling promos, while the ones in WWE were sports entertainment promos. Shut up! It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> I like how you 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 were saying that you don't understand the outrage, and then you were starting to get outraged. <laughs> I'm out. I'm outraged about the stupidity of, of like, I I want to say kids because it's mostly kids, and by kids I mean anyone under thirty eight. I, I, I mean it's it, it's like they they're I, busy telling you enjoy everything, enjoy. Why can't everyone enjoy all wrestling? But they complain about everything. I don't think it's just that though, Jeff. I think it's a, they're hypocrites. You know, you just mentioned it at, at the beginning of of your rant was it's okay. Nobody calls uh listen, it's wrestling. It's wrestling. Wrestling's been fucking carny bullshit since the dawn of fucking time. This is not the fucking opera. This is not fucking uh Downton Abbey we're watching. This is 
fucking wrestling for Christ's sake. It's not even a legitimate sport. It's sports entertainment. This is why Vince doesn't want it. By, by the be- way, there were rapes and murders in Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but you know what? It's like it's the like, empire you know, destroyed Alderaan. It, it, exactly. Like this is all bullshit. The fact that it's like you know when it's out of line. How dare they? It's out of line that Liv Morgan mentioned these releases. This is outrageous. But meanwhile, to your point, a couple weeks ago you've got MJF saying somebody should have been aborted and calling somebody's sister Methany. Like you can't. That's not have, fucking professional either. That's even you, fucking worse than mentioning the fucking releases. Or you have the wrestlers who were released who were fortunate enough to be rehired in a position of some significance or stability, saying how they were wasted or they were imprisoned somewhere else. So they use it all the time for their own marketing purposes. I mean, they are now the competition, whether or not. Buddy Matthews working in New Japan Strong is competition, or Jonah mm-hmm. working in New Japan Strong and Impact is competition, WWE or not, realistically, doesn't matter. They, they're they working for competition. If they can use it, why can't WWE use it? Exactly. And that was going to be my next point, Jeff, was this is all fucking out. Like, again, this is carny bullshit, and it's all fucking outlaw bullshit. This There's no fucking rules of ethics in fucking professional wrestling. Like, and Sarah if, Rowe, by the way, her her income still comes from Eric Rowe, who still is gainfully employed somehow by WWE. <laughs> He's chasing after the twenty four seven title. Um, Not even. It's it's that's it's, a match I'd like to see. That's that's my dream match: Eric Rowe against Dana Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. <laughs> I think it's ludicrous for people to be hypocrites about. Oh well, well, you know, I think it's unprofessional to be mentioned here, but yet when Daniel Bryan shows up, well, he didn't really shit on WWE when he went over to uh AEW, but you had Cole do something similar, you had Andrade do something similar, you had Malachi Black do something similar. Everybody, Rusev, everybody that jumps ship, they got to talk shit. So that's okay. To your Luke point, Harper's entire gimmick was pretending to be Vince McMahon and then saying, I'm not pretending to be Vince McMahon. Yeah, exactly. And so that's okay. Sure. But but when WWE does it, oh, how dare they? The fucking dumb. That's It's dumb. And listen, so, it, 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 and like I could maybe see it a little bit more if they were talking about like Jake Atlas, who, you know, had to retire because of mental health and, and wasn't getting, or, you know, if it was your friend Tucker who hasn't found employment, but, but the two people involved, one had a baby and is still married to an employee of WWE. The other one found gainful employment where supposedly she's much happier and compensated fairly at AEW. So it's not like they picked the people who were suffering. They picked people who are, who are seemingly in good places in their lives professionally and or personally or both that's a good point jeff i think that's something that has not been said in places where i've seen well we're smarter than other people well i mean i wanted to say that we we were smarter but then you didn't see the metaphor about vince mcmahon and austin theory what what's going on with you man well i mean we are smart it doesn't mean that that individually we're always smart but we are better (laughs) than the rest of them and they know it um let's the Lashley promo quick, quickly. 
I didn't see any problem with this. I, I too raised my eyebrow going, is this a babyface promo? Why are we putting over Lashley as a babyface? But they can easily throw this out next week by, you know, saying, you know. I hope they do throw it out. You know, oh, Lashley uh, is ex-military and he's uh, been besmirched by the Mysterios. Uh, what what, what yada, I would yada, like yada. for them to do is for Lashley to start rerunning it. And then you see him off screen on one side and MVP both with lighters and they light the film on fire. You see the celluloid go, go forget about that guy. I ain't him. I'm a monster. That's it. Just like with Rusev where he, his promo was so awkward this week where he's talking about, I will heal my neck. No, I don't want to be saying that and walking into the void, like where John Oliver was doing last week with John Oliver you know, for, for 14 weeks. No, what I want to see Rusev doing is doing promos while he's doing neck exercises, while he's got like a leather strap around his head with a chain and a 45 pound dumbbell and he's doing neck curls while he's doing a promo. That's what I want to see. I want to see him doing that, his promo doing it. I mean, he should, he should be lifting Lana with his neck. That, that would be fine too. And, and by the way, Tony Khan, Vince, same offer for you as Freddie Prince. I'm an independent contractor. I will work for food for any of you or minimum wage. Any of you, all of you. I want to, I, I'm really not liking wrestling lately. I like bitching about wrestling. This is fun. I like the business of wrestling. But wrestling itself mostly sucks. I also <laughs> want to put, um, I also want to put uh, myself out there and offer my services Vince, I'm, uh, you know, I, I will uh, help you out, but especially Tony Khan, I will help uh, put you out of business. So definitely look to hire me if you need a major tax write-off, because I, I know AEW is is exactly that for you, a tax write-off. Um, you so you're talking to the wrong Khan. All you need I, to do is talk to Pervez and say, dude, I know you're not worried just yet, but look at the books. Yeah, look at the, he, uh, once I, he sees that shit, he is gonna lose his shit. No, he's not. This is all a tax write-off for both of them. This is a this it is, is a uh, he, it's a ta- it's a tax write-off. He's, he's letting ten, Tony spend his money, but he's not looking. He's holding. He's closing his eyes and he's holding his nose. Once he looks, he's gonna go. You are a fucking idiot. I don't know. Let's get back to this. I'm already telling news. you that that trust, that the, the, the sister or somebody else is the trustee. Tony Khan will not have access to the money, and Tony Khan is going, whatever his $870 million was when he started this shit, it is probably down to like 432 at this point. I agree with you, but I just feel like they're recouping their money in, in write-offs. Edge, Edge and Miz, let's talk about this. I thought you already shared your opinions. I thought mm-hmm. this was a brilliant promo. I think it was better than the, the the MJF versus CM Punk promo for these reasons. One, The Miz was a surprise. Everybody was already fantasy booking who Edge's next opponent was going to be. Was it going to be Lashley? Was it going to be, you know, somebody else? Uh, Seth, not Seth Rollins, but, you know, another heel, Kevin Owens. Somebody else on the Raw roster, but nobody thought the Miz. And for Miz to come out and say, nah, see you motherfuckers, you, you, you forgot about me again. And for Edge to put him over the way he did, I thought it was great. This is a promo that does what a promo supposed to do. When 
MJF and CM Punk come out and do face-to-face before they utter a word, the AEW fans already, they're giving their money away for it because that's what they want to see. You're not getting anybody extra for those promos. And they put everything out in that promo. What else does MJF have to say to CM Punk? What else does CM Punk have to say to MJF? They they blew their load in this one 20-minute promo. Here, on the other hand, you have a fresh matchup. In the 20 years that these guys have been working for WWE together, I can't recall them doing business together in a singles manner. And furthermore, a promo setting these two up just sold me on a match that I didn't even know I wanted, but now I do. So in 15 minutes, these guys did a better job Got my um, got excitement. my saliv my excitement. I was gonna say my salivary glands just oh, they were wet with that excitement. Oh, that, that definitely um, with excitement with the fact that like okay, what well, this is a new uh, angle, a new uh, thing that feud that we can see, a story arc that we haven't seen before, and it's gonna be exciting. You've got two of the best talkers in WWE. This was unscripted between the two of them. I'm sure they went in with bullet points. Sure. I'm sure the the line of referencing AEW was not approved by Vince. But, you he's know, he, he knows, he's, he's edge. He's, he's done this before where he hasn't exactly said, like when he said, call Dave and Dan. That, that's the revival's first names. Exactly. Like, he does this wink to the audience shit. He likes doing sure. it. When he him and Christian had their show, they used to do it plenty of times. Sure. And so I don't think this is WWE. I think a lot of people were saying, oh, this is WWE referencing AEW. I think this was Edge referencing AEW, but and that's about it. Vince, Vince I think the bigger reference to AEW was the theory skit with Vince McMahon because it's words coming out of Vince McMahon's own mouth. We know about your theory about theory. Um, I know. I don't really care whether it was Edge or, or WWE doing it. I think it's a distinction without an important difference. Um, I disagree with you on MGF and CM Punk. I think that the promo this week was almost as good and in some ways better. I mean, MGF's Hanukkah suit by itself was, was fabulous. So I, I, I thought that they kept up. See, I didn't think the promo from last week that was 20 minutes was as exceptional as everyone else thought. I thought it was good. I thought it was good TV. It was compelling, but I didn't think it was like the greatest shit I've ever heard. So mm-hmm. I don't think that there was that. The greatest in 20 off. years? Right. Well, that, that either. Um, so I, I, didn't, I didn't see the big drop-off. I, I, I thought that this was their promo battle this time was good as well, and a little bit more even as well. On the thing with Edge and The Miz, here's the thing. I never was an Edge fan, and I never was and never will be a Miz fan. So Miz, sometimes I enjoy speaking, but he's sort of like Britt Baker, where I like to hear him speak but don't want to see him wrestle. Um, mm. But at least I like Britt, like the Miz. Like, he can speak. I, like, his out, like, everything about him bothers me. I don't want to see him. So I'm not interested in this. I, I, I would rather it, it had been, like, how about you know, Edge goes after almost or something like that, or Commander Aziz or someone like like test a veteran against one of these 
monsters and see if they're a monster. I, I don't know. Just th th this didn't interest me that much. And the first thing that came to my mind was Ms. Maurice versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Intergender match. Faces win. Stupid. Um, so, you know, maybe I'll be wrong, but, uh, you know, but this was one of the better parts of Raw. I'll, I'll give you that. But the, when the best part of a three-hour wrestling show is five minutes of talking, that's not a huge endorsement. This is where we disagree because I feel like even from the from the Attitude Era, I feel like the most memorable parts was the talking. Like you sure. can harken but back to like any Austin promo, Rock ver uh, and uh, Rock and Mick Foley. This was your life lasted yeah, like thirty five minutes. Good promos then. You didn't have one, and you also didn't have a three hour show that had a. a hundred and ten minutes of absolute filler beyond yeah, see, and then commercial disagree this back then disagree. You, you didn't have all this filler and recap and recap and recap you had shit going on you had stories yeah. i mean yeah but, but this is what i think is happening on raw now but again we i know we disagree on this the last thing that i want to mention about as edge and miz and then we'll move on to 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 closing wrestling news and and some other stuff is um the key distinction between these two promos, because I saw there was a lot of people comparing this Edge Miz promo to MJF Punk. And if I challenge you to take out the sound bites where Punk and MJF are referencing WWE guys, where they're referencing Cena, Miz, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, what's left of the promo? I don't know, but I like that stuff. I I, I like the I know, recognition but, of reality. I hear that, but they're they're using WWE guys and history. So WWE sucks. It's trash. I started my own company so that way I can challenge them and 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 provide a um uh competition, provide a variety to to wrestling fans. But I'm gonna mention all their fucking shit and mention all their 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 history and their storylines. But they're talking it's about the stuff that was from eleven to sixteen years ago. <laughs> Agreed. But what does MJF have anything to do with that? MJF has nothing to do with well, that. He's, well, he's just saying that Punk was never the guy, even when he was supposed to be the best in the world he really was he was never the top guy in his own company he was never hogan he was never flair he was never even triple h he was never seen it that that's what he's saying he's saying i'm the guy you think you say you're the guy but you're panting hard with freaking lee moriarty you're not the guy and you weren't the guy then and you're certainly not the guy now you're an old man who's trying to prove something then you're failing that, that's what he's saying. I think it's a good story. I'm, I'm, I think I it's a good story too, but he could have done that without shining off of uh, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, the both like of them. It, it was, I, I'm just saying you got Miz and Edge did practically the same promo, just barely alluded to AEW, didn't need to mention CM Punk, didn't need to mention MJF, didn't need to mention all this crazy other nonsense. Fine, whatever. That's why it's a better promo. Yeah. All right. Last WWE thing. Um, Newsbite Nia Jax said earlier this week that she's not interested in returning to wrestling if it's not for WWE. Well, so I don't know. That... Why start wrestling now? 
<laughs> Such a jerk. <laughs> you don't want to see uh, Nia Jax wrestle anymore? I don't want to see Nia Jax anymore, ever, anywhere. What about, like, as a hand model? Well, I mean, I guess I wouldn't recognize her, so sure. What about, it, like, like in an Arby's commercial? Actually, that, that you sort of sold me on that one, yeah. Yeah, all right. Like, I'm going, we got the meat. <laughs> <laughs> What if she? Uh, what if she replaces? You know, like in the eighties, there used to be uh, that Burger King commercial, or no? It was, she was representing Wendy's, and she's like, "Where's the meat? Where's the meat?" Oh, the what old lady. Like, where's the beef? Yeah, yeah. Where's the beef? No, that that worked really well with that like little diminutive old lady. Then that, that that was that was definitely work work for that. Um, no, the Arby's things work. I mean, I'm open to other things, but. Uh, I can see yeah. Nia getting into podcasting. She's oh, got a... Her voice is horrendous. No, stop it. Sam talks like ass. So, so do I. <laughs> she, she talks like China. She has the same voice as China. You'll get used to it after the first couple episodes. I'll never listen to it, so I won't get used to it. Do you listen and to that... the, po- the the Bella's podcast? No. I don't. I, oh. I don't listen to anyone's, and that's why. That's why I can say I don't have heat with JD because I've never listened to his podcast. I don't listen to like these celebrity oh, just, famous. I don't podcasts. listen. I don't listen to it all that much either. But I just see his tweets come up, and is it just? It's like, uh, well, what are you doing? Why are you here? Well, I muted uh, him on one of my accounts because I. I mean, if if you don't add news or something of substance, I'm not interested in reading the people who are just. Who their existence is just to shit on WWE and just to sing the praises of AEW. That that's not interesting. There are people who do that who also supply me with hard information. I, 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 so I, you know, he adds nothing to my my information chamber. That's what the Bella's podcast supplies me with hard times. I'm sure it does. <laughs> All right, let's talk about wrestling news. Um, Jeff, what do you got? Okay. Well, one, I want to just quickly touch on my little continuing evaluation of ads. And and I, I'm done doing this. I'm, I'm not tracking it. All I can tell you is that I am perfectly aware that different time slots and different viewership levels may yield different ad rates. But when people are talking about demos, they're talking about the certain advertisers targeting audiences. So you would think that there would be a difference in the ads. And there just aren't. Uh, they're they're 75% identical. They're 95% the same types of ads. So where one you'll have Geico, on the other you'll have Prudential. Where one you might have more Pizza Hut, on the other one you'll have more Little Caesars. Where one you'll have Toyota, the other you'll have Kia, stuff like that. 5% is, is different. Uh, whether you think more commercials for Facebook Meta is is a big deal trending younger that you get that four times during AEW and you only get it once during WWE, um, you know, but they, you know, or one gets more T-Mobile and the other gets more Verizon. I, you know, I don't know. To me, those are very small distinctions. It's basically the same, the same type of shit. When I watch other uh, shows on those channels during prime time, I watch the Big Bang Theory. I watched... Uh, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I watched The Sinner twice um, and NBA ba- Basketball on 
uh, on TBS and TNT and USA. Um, and the only, the, there was a discernible difference in 50% of the ads on the NBA game. I mean, you see Amex commercials, you see Mercedes commercials, you see Lexus commercials. I mean, that, that, and, you know, maybe some more, I guess, upscale apps, perhaps. But the other 50% of the same goddamn commercials, too. But, but there was, there's, there's an obvious difference in NBA. There wasn't between any wrestling show or even reruns or first run shows. Do you see any Kim Crawford wine ads during the NBA? No, so no Kim Kim Crawford ads. <laughs> not Naomi wines, and by the way, Naomi wine is great. <laughs> I thoroughly endorse the Pinot Noir. Um, I, I know Josh Seller is those are three wines that be advertised um, on wrestling. I will. I want to. I want to. Weeks Claws comes back. I've never watched it, but it is an original program on TNT. So I will do this again. When Claws comes back, and if I forget, I'll do it during Snowpiece Piercer, just to see if there's a difference for a TNT original programming slot, uh, just to complete this little mission. Um, there is an Advertiser Expo coming up soon, and there will likely be some information out of that on what advertisers think of wrestling programming and perhaps specifics. Uh, I, I expect that someone like Brandon Thurston, Andrew Zarian, and, and some of the others who cover more of the business aspect will get some of that information. And, and hopefully we will, if you don't listen to them directly, we'll relay it. But even if you do, you'll hear it again from us as well, or or I'll work some of my own little sources as well. So that's that. I just, I just want to tell you that because of uh, your mentioning Kim Crawford Wines two episodes ago now i'm hyper aware of kim crawford wines and i wasn't before i was just i thought you actually made that up and then i saw the ad for it and i said holy shit this is actually a thing it's a definitely a thing um i think people were able to tell who my made-up sponsors were versus when i went through the ads i hope so um japan because of the omicron variant has closed its borders for travel again so I, uh, you know, I don't know how that's going to affect their internal wrestling. The wrestlers who are already there, but the wrestlers who are here in the U.S., they're probably stuck here for some amount of time. I mean, this is not a medical show, and Omicron is new, but it seems like the little bit of data that's creeping up, a consensus is forming that it is more vir virulent, meaning contagious, but less serious in, in terms of death and intensity of illness that it may actually be a vector towards herd immunity uh perhaps uh and there's it's unclear as to whether the vaccines are effective against it or not but it's all this is early all i'm saying is that japan is uber safe about this borders are closed so whatever japanese wrestlers are outside of japan are stuck out of japan which probably means that the forbidden door might be open a little bit more just a little bit again so hey it's possible. You never know. Winter is coming. Who knows who you might see uh, coming through. And I know the rumors have already started that you're going to see like Bray Wyatt coming in as a white walker or whatever. <laughs> for winter is oh coming. And all that stuff. But anyway, Japan closed again for who knows how long. NWA is having a pay-per-view this Saturday. None of you know. None of you care. None of you are going to buy it. If you do, Please let me know. I'm very interested in if you bought it, if you enjoyed it, if it's turning a better corner, because the last I saw, it was pretty crappy. 
Um, do we know how, how much that pay per view costs? I have no idea, but I think their prior ones have been twenty five dollars. Um, That's still too much. Carrion Cross um, has signed a contract to star in an action movie in Hollywood, which is exactly what we said. We said that he and Scarlett should drive west. I said they should stop and pick up Braun Strowman and they should all go to Hollywood and do movies. And as it turns out, Braun Strowman is in fact acting. Um, now, I don't Good know if Karen Cross is in a D-level movie, a B-level movie. I don't know if he's a thug in a you know James Bond type movie. I, I don't know that, but he's in a movie exactly as he should be. He's had some pictures of him working out. He looks jacked and he's got hair, which looks weird. Um, the AAA, the five-way match, which I didn't know who all the participants were. I'm sure most of you don't care about this, but the, the participants are someone named Vakingo, who apparently was going to be the person who was going to defeat Kenny Omega. So I would expect Vakingo, whoever that is, to win again. The other participants are Jay Lethal, Bobby Fish, Samurai Del Sol, former Kalisto, and Bandito, Ooh. the, I guess, current Ring of Honor World's Heavyweight Champion. So, okay, uh, you know. There, there you go. Triple A. It's sort of a triple A level card. Um, WWE. No Andrade. WWE, at least not in the in the title picture. WWE has started what's called an L a a nil program that stands for Name Image Likeness Program for collegiate athletes. That that is consistent with the new NCAA rulings. Uh, that were court force where athletes can be paid for some limited amount. So this is a pathway for collegiate athletes to get themselves merch and in video games uh, on a pathway to WWE uh, sort of more advanced than the Gable Stevenson um, path was. Uh, So obviously they're looking more towards, you know, pure athletes and in its own way, it might be a youth movement as well, not not by age of athletes, but when you attract top athletes from colleges, you know, other people from the college tend to follow them. I mean, I, I've had people that, you know, went to big colleges who were friends with, I mean, this is aging myself, but they were friends with, uh, um, oh my God, I can't remember the name, but he was on the Phoenix Suns. They were not from Phoenix, but they followed the Phoenix Suns after that. So you may get more college students you know, following these wrestlers and their progress and maybe getting a younger audience. But regardless, it's consistent with their policy towards non-wrestlers or pro wrestlers, indie wrestlers, and more athletes, which would include collegiate wrestlers. Um, But, you know, they have this formalized program consistent with NCAA rules. Again, they're ahead of the curve um, where others are going to have to play catch up or can't do it at all. GCW has sold out the Hammerstein Ballroom. Everyone's really excited about this. It's 2,025 seats. Usually when they used to sell out, it was 1,800 and 1,900 seats, so they added about 125 seats to it. Great. Let's see if they can do it again. I am of the opinion in two years no one will really remember GCW with any particularity, Uh, but... (laughs) But we'll see. Right now, they are probably the number three promotion in the country, so kudos to them. Let's see if they can ride in, see if they can make it sustainable. There's certainly a lot of wrestlers out there that are making it uh, a viable thing, which, I mean, has to make Sinclair or Ring of Honor at least hopeful if they're serious about some sort of reboot that they can maybe sort of recreate the same thing. Um, Ratings. We have Impact. Yes, it was Thanksgiving uh, Thursday, but they did 
48,000 viewers, which is pitiful. Um, we yeah. already talked about Rampage and Dynamite and SmackDown. Uh, Raw, we I think we said it was 1.678, basically the same as last week. NXT did 637, up a little bit, went up by 12,000. Um, and actually, I thought NXT this week was the best wrestling show from our normal uh, recording slot of Thursday to Thursday. If you include where we recorded last week, last week's Rampage, um, I would disagree. I, I would have put last week's Rampage just ahead of NXT 2.0 this week. But uh, if it's just our normal Thursday to Thursday, I thought NXT 2.0 was the most enjoyable wrestling show of the week. Much to my surprise, and that doesn't mean I loved everything about it, but there, but it seems to be getting less disjointed and a little bit more jointed. I don't think all these people are going to make it, but I, but there there were there were things to be interested in. Um, Raw was you know, a close second, right? No, Raw 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 is like last. Um, oh. MLW this week, oh. which is yesterday. Wednesday, the the first twenty seven thousand as of late this afternoon. Last week, which was a Thanksgiving special, uh, which was a, a pretty big hard ninety two thousand, and the week before, which was like their what they consider their you know their pay per view sort of like end of season event big card of uh, you know three weeks out one hundred eighty five thousand. But that's not that's not bad. Those are those are better numbers than they were doing. They were sort of hovering around forty or fifty. Three weeks out. Those uh, are better numbers than the Impact show. Better numbers than the Impact. Well, I mean, I mean they're aggregates. You know, they're 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 growing over weeks. But yeah, they're better numbers than when they were on Vice that one that one night where they did forty thousand. Elevation and dark, meandering, not doing so well. This this week two ninety nine. Last week two twenty eight. And and the week before that, three seventeen. So nothing to write home about there. Dark. I wonder if there's a correlation between the drop off in Rampage and Dynamite, and and the YouTube the YouTube content. Well, I think there's definitely a correlation in that. I also think that maybe there's a bit of a correlation in the increase in MLW. I think people who were sort of getting tired of AEW and figured out the formula or figured out they all need to watch every show. Have maybe said, "Hey, we'll check out MLW. It's only forty-five minutes. Let's, let's check that out and see how it goes." Um, but dark, the, the the prior numbers were elevation, but dark proper. This week three thirty-seven. Last week three seventeen, which is weird that it's lower than the three thirty-seven, even though it's been on, out for nine days or whatever. And two weeks ago four twenty-three. So really nothing to write home about. Holy it, shit, Jeff! It wasn't that. that that would be crazy if Rampage gets low enough where it starts scratching dark views on YouTube. Well, uh, it sort of is. Um, if you consider the aggregate of dark for three weeks, I mean, 423 to 431. I mean, that's oh, fuck. That, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a pretty successful podcast download. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you shit. Know, the difference away. Uh, I mean, you know, we, we, we both are graduates and, and, you know, and still participants in various ways with the solid monster sounds off. He routinely gets tens of thousands of people who watch his streams within a day and, and routinely get several thousand, you know, six, 7,000 that, that tune in live to show sometimes more. 
So yeah, basically the, the, the solemn monster live streams are the difference between dark and rampage. Um, so yeah, uh, that is the news as I have it. I don't know if you've anything to add to it. Um, I've got three things, just three quick things. Ric Flair. I wait, I do want to, I do want to say that I think we need to watch Darby to see if there's an injury announcement or if he's just if he's just not in action for the next several weeks because he landed on his head, it was bleeding. He continued the match, but I mean, if he just got a bump on his head, he's lucky. But I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't have a concussion and or a sprained neck. And we saw Lance Archer hit the same way, not on the ring, not on the floor, no blood. But we haven't seen Lance Archer perform since an AW. He has performed in other places, but I'm not sure if that was pre-taped, but. You know, and Rick and Ricky starts. I think we've seen him wrestle once in the last seven months. <clears throat> and just just to uh, recap for those that might not have watched the match, what is the match that you're alluding to with Darby that he got injured? Uh, this is the match where WCW finally got its win back against WWE when the Gun Club lost to Sting and Darby Allen. I believe it was Colton Gunn who took the pin. Whichever one is the skinnier, the thinner one. I mean, it is, it's disturbing to look at Billy Gunn because each week he gets more large and more ripped and more cut. I mean, the the dude looks like something out of like, I, I don't know, some sort of like gr- Greek, you know, myth, like Theseus versus Hercules or something. It's, it, it's ridiculous. And he's 58 years old. This is obviously all natural. <laughs> that is good living right there. Speaking of all natural, Ric Flair says he wants one more match and he was begging Sammy Guevara for it. Your thoughts on a future match between Ric Flair and Sammy Guevara? Interested, not interested? I'm pretty How sure much money... meant... I'm pretty sure he meant Hector Guevara. Hector Guerrero. No, he tagged uh, Sammy Guevara. Oh. Um any interest it... in that match? No, it's it's absurd. I have no interest in Rick. I mean, this Rick Flair is my favorite wrestler growing up. This is just sad. I mean, just just tr- tr- try to be graceful. I mean, it's it, it's just a. He also try told, to be graceful. He also said that he Seth Rollins was, was. He also criticized Seth Rollins for his, for admitting that he was terrified when he was attacked by Eliza Spencer. By the way, shout out to Eliza. Raw really could have used you this week. I mean, God, you were the you were the highlight last week. I we needed that. Um, though I will have to say I sort of agree with Rick. Seth shouldn't have like said that he was terrified. Just like keep it to yourself. You don't need to tell the press that 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 you know you really are just an actor. I don't want to see Ric Flair in another match. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, that was the question. Yeah, not interested. However, I do, and this is unfortunate because of the recent news that has been swirling around Ric Flair about his um, previous sexual behavior, um, you know, uh, and escapades. But I I don't want to see a match between Ric Flair and Sammy Guevara, but I do want to see backstage segments of them trying to pick up ladies or a backstage segment of Rick trying to show Sammy how to pick up ladies I think that would be funny 
and interesting and in both of their characters. However, I going back to the topic of in bad things in bad taste in wrestling because of what's happened recently to Ric Flair and the news about the plane flight, the plane ride from hell. I don't see that happening in AEW. I also don't see Sammy Guevara, who's had his own sort of run-ins with trouble, wanting to invite that kind of trouble. I mean, I don't know if they know each other and, you know, it seems a little bit random and out of the blue, but I mean, if, if I was Rick, I think I would rather do it with, uh, you know, a guy who is more experienced, less of a high flying style, more of a ground technical kind of game where it's safer, uh, you know, uh, Daniel Bryan comes to mind or Brian Danielson, mm. sorry. You know, that, that that's somebody who would keep him safe. Adam Cole would keep him safe. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's 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 a whole bunch of people we could, you know, Tommaso Ciampa. Miz is safe. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of Dolph Ziegler, Robert Roode. I mean, I mean, there's a there's a whole bunch of better choices for him that frankly would get more exposure anyway. Anyway, it's not going to happen. No one's going to... The liability is off the chart. Nobody wants to be responsible for killing Ric Flair. No matter what his reputation is right now, nobody wants to be responsible for killing Ric Flair in the ring. By the way, one thing on him, he he told this bullshit story about how WWE made his sign his IP rights away while he was on his deathbed. And thank God he owns, they didn't take the woo because he owns the woo. First of all, somebody needs to ask him to produce his copy of this, this, this document where he signed away his rights because we have all signed contracts. You've signed the lease. You've signed a cell phone contract. You've bought a dishwasher. You've, you've leased a car. You've signed whatever it is. You get a copy. So it's not like he signed in the way and they said, thank you, sir. <laughs> Twisted there. Their... He would have a copy. He'd have a copy. His lawyer would have a copy. <laughs> Produce the fucking copy, you liar. Second of all, he doesn't own Woo. And then somebody told me, well, he owns Woo with four O's and they owe Woo with five O's. and and Or at least that's what Conrad said. Okay. I believe that Conrad said. Conrad's a liar too. He's a carny. So, but, you know. <laughs> So I, 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 you know, this is public information. So I went on USPTO.gov to the trademark, to the trademark for electronic socialism, and I typed in every version of Woo. There's plenty of Woos out there that are owned. Guess who woo. doesn't own Woo? Conrad doesn't. WWE doesn't own Woo. You know who tried to own Woo? Rich. In 2019, he filed for Woo. And you know what the status of that application is? It was abandoned in 2020, which means that either he couldn't make the minimum requirements or they said no and he didn't bother to fight them on it. Or it got far, I didn't look at it enough, but whatever it is, it was abandoned by 2020. So he owns nothing. No one owns the word woo. Um, Jeff, let's let's put it in. Let's, well, let's... We could. For reference, Vicky Guerrero, who is known only for saying excuse me, tried to get excuse me but because she actually talked to a lawyer she realized that she couldn't get excuse me unless she had merchandise so she created some merchandise with excuse me on it and now she has a trademark for excuse me on certain on merchandise items on apparel like scarves or face masks or some hats something like that something pretty limited but he 
could have tried to do that, I suppose. Um, and he never owned the man. That all of that is absurd. No one owns the man. So did you did you check in on the man? I, I did. There is it. It doesn't exist. This is. It's just. It's just not there. It's just not true. I don't know if. A what about WWE? Doesn't WWE own the man since they put no. it on a shirt? No, no, no. They put things on shirts all the time. I mean, they. Okay, let's quickly talk about uh, Freddie Prince Jr. He's starting. He's talking about starting a wrestling prom- promotion. Yeah, what I are volunteer. your thoughts on that? I, I told oh, him, right. "Hire me. I work for food." Yeah, that's remember right. it was all, it was twelve hours ago when we started this. Who do you think Freddie Prince Jr. just spitballing? Who do you think should be his first sign signing? I mean, there's a lot of guys out there right now. I'm probably forgetting some. Um, let's see. I mean, I don't know what their status of contracts are vis-a-vis exclusivity are concerned, but I would certainly look into some of the Japanese wrestlers who are stuck here, like Osprey and Jay White. I would look at Buddy Matthews. I would definitely try to talk to Cross. I would talk to Keith Lee. I would talk to Braun Strowman. I would talk to Eric Rowan. I would try to get AOP. Um, I would try to talk to some of the Ring of Honor people, maybe get try and get the, the Briscoes, Shane Taylor Promotions, Josh Woods. I mean, the, the, you know, there's, you know, if you want to bother with a women's, uh, I, I probably wouldn't. But but if you wanted to, there's, they're out there. Um, or you could probably foster some sort of deal with NWA. Um, and you could build around Camille. Um, so, yeah. Uh, th- th- those are some of the ones that come immediately to mind. But there's so many that we, I mean, even the last few weeks, like we didn't even mention like people like Kurt Stallion and Jake Atlas and Drake Maverick. And I mean, Killian Dane is somebody who can work. I mean, there, there are people out there. There, there, there are a lot of unemployed wrestlers. Um, You know, I don't, I, I would look into Vincent. I would look at my good friend, PJ Black, who's very versatile. John Morrison is probably the the third call I would make. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of a lot of talent out there for this opportunity. Um, I want to also say that the conspiracy theorist in me wouldn't be surprised if Vince McMahon somehow is a shadow donor to this to bankroll him. Just so that way, you know, this guy can run competition to AEW and maybe eventually steal some of these this AEW talent. Vince might not be interested in a negotiating war with, with Tony Khan, but maybe Freddie Prince might. I don't know. Maybe. I don't I don't know if they have that kind of relationship, but uh, you know. I, listen, I, I I'm okay with your your Freddie your conspiracy theory if it leads to me getting a job or leads to this, this happening, but uh, I, <laughs> but there, there's, I mean, I'm sure that we've forgotten 50 people, and for those people who like other styles of wrestling, I mean, if you like technical wrestling, first of all, Josh Woods is amazing, but Jonathan Gresham, you know, is, you know, he's starting a new uh, promotion. Yep. Um, is well, is think, it a new promotion? I think it is, no. right? No, I think he already had one. He already had a school, which was sort of a promotion. He's probably going to focus a little bit more on that. But there's there's young guys from the Ring of Honor. There's guys like Eric Martin, 
who sort of looks a little bit like a like a smaller version of Drew McIntyre. There's Dak Draper, who's six foot five. There's Joe Keys. There's Ken Dixon. There, there are people that you can build around all up and down a card um, between the WWE NXT releases already on the indies. I mean, Brian Cage will probably be available very shortly. Um, yeah. You know, and from WWE and NXT releases over the last two or three years. I mean, Roosh, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but he'll be around. Bandito, you know, you, you, you could have a little bit of everything. And these guys like Ray Oris and Flamita and, and Drago. I mean, Alberto Del Rio is on a card with Teddy Hart coming up next. <laughs> and, and yet here we are arguing earlier about uh, what's professional in professional wrestling. Look mm-hmm. at this. Full circle here. Yeah, um. Jeff, anything, anything else? No, that's it, right? God, no. I mean, I could keep going through names of, of you know, wrestlers who you could reach out to that, that might be interesting. But, I mean, you know. Don't worry. Uh, Vince will give you uh, another set of names probably uh, in another week or two. Yeah, the, I figured out why Boa isn't released because he's Chinese. They're not going to release the Chinese people because China is the only major market that they don't have major penetration in. I, I feel like making a joke, but I'm also too tired uh, to make a joke about you talking about major penetration. It's Guys, right. you've been you, listening. You being happy about how Raw was was joke enough. I hate you. <laughs> Guys, you've been, listening to, you've been listening to Hammerlock Hangover. This has been episode 61. Can you believe that, Jeff? 61 episodes already? It seems like time's fly, flown by, buddy. Just like the bottles of beer on the wall. Absolutely. Um, let's do our final calls. Guys, if you are interested in interacting with us, you can uh, email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. The inbox is open. Any questions, uh, comments, feedback about the show, uh, questions about wrestling in general, we would be glad to answer. Send them our way and we will read them on the show and interact with you. Um, you can also find us on Twitter. We are on Twitter uh, at hammerlock ho or you can uh reach us individually i am at at big daddy cool and jeff is at icarus fell md icarus fell f-e-l-l like fell out of the sky md um and uh yeah um any other plugs jeff check out garden of doom lots of fun stuff coming up we just had finished UFO month, but fear not. I've got plenty more UFO content coming up in the future, including a couple shows that are already recorded, but we're going to change pace a little bit. Maybe do something a little bit positive. We've got an Egyptian mythology one uh, coming up. I've got a Star Trek 201 episode plan. Norse mythology. lot, Just tons of fun stuff. I've got an independent movie maker coming up. I've got someone that's going to do something on Guy Fox. I mean, we're we're gonna we're 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 gonna give we're gonna keep giving variety and of course we're gonna revisit the watchers and then the Felim and the giants from time to time. Um but yeah, we're we're all over the place. Also got the guy that's doing the history of the Russian Empire podcast. He's gonna do an episode uh with me. So all sorts of cool stuff coming up. So check that out. Lots of variety, definitely not wrestling. And by the way, for those who are interested, yes, Lanny Poffo is back in the picture. 
And yes, oh. Lanny Poffo all of a sudden, who said he was not doing interviews and doesn't want to do any more videos. Now all of a sudden he wants to start doing videos again in the new year with La Sicaria uh, tourism videos for Ecuador. So um, yes, my I, I got my uh, my arch nemesis back. So uh, you know I, I have mixed feelings on that, and, and the mixture is between joy and absolute joy. So um, oh my god, this is just so much fun. This is horrible. I think this. Is- and, and the most important thing is that means that Jay Raphael, you're at least one further notch below, lower. <laughs> <laughs> so he's lower than uh, the genius Lanny Poffo. I will personally see to that, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. All right, guys. I think that covers everything. I mean, um, the only plug I have is uh, you can catch me on Unpopular Review. It is a video live streaming podcast that uh, reviews a plethora of things, wrestling, TV, shows, uh, movies. Um, you can catch that on YouTube. Just search at Unpopular Review wrestling and uh you can catch uh me and a bunch of other hosts just reviewing it is also, she, uh, she superior still there on entertainment she, yeah she still does the movie she does uh she's re- they're currently reviewing uh hawkeye Good. the tv well, show hawkeye well she and someone else and myself on garden of doom we're going to be doing a show on anime coming up we're recording in january oh fantastic so and, a little uh, crossover there so i will plug upr entertainment very good, thank you. You're not even gonna plug it for me, like you Fuck don't even watch that for me. noise. Oh, but it's just me. It's me. It's your buddy. All right. Who are you working with now? Are you working with Sanderson or what? Uh, no, I, I uh, never mind. Guys, I you've been listening to Sanderson because you know he's cute. I like it. So he's a cute. And his guy. mom pop and his and his mom pops up every once in a while. Does she still pop up? Or then? No, no, no. No, he's he's. He's Even been after told not that he's, he's 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 a cutie. He's 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 a nice boy. He's been told not to not to be on the air criticizing <laughs> wrestling because he's a referee. So oh, I'm sure that's the reason. Um, <laughs> so I can't imagine. Is, is it Ron? Ron? I mean, Ron. I'll plug. Ron Jackson is the greatest. Yeah. No. Ron is Ron is great. No. I don't want to. Willie. Willie's great. We're, we're 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 done. We're done, guys. Thanks for listening. It's almost uh, been three hours. I love it. I'll talk to you later. Have a great week, everybody. Stay. Hit your catchphrase. Stay evil, my friends. And if you liked what you saw, tell your friends, tell your family, tweet about it. And if you didn't like it, shut the fuck up. <laughs>